MX.com show. Broadcasting live around the world from the Vegas Strip in a room where the term action could refer only to the classic Supercross playing on the VCR. And now, introducing your hosts, Steve Mathis and the OGK dub, Kenny Watson. I just don't like the guy. The guy's just a douchebag. <laughs> Yeah, and we're live. We're here live in Las Vegas on the Pulp MX Show. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for everything. And uh, like I said, once again, we're here live. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. I'm with my usual co-host, Kenny Watson. K-Dub, what's up? Yeah. All right. K-Dub. Okay. Nothing says he's ready like a man repeating his own name. And then uh, in studio, we have uh, a rider, uh, which is a very rare uh, treat here. Last year's Privateer of the Year. Um, riding for Rockstar Heart Huntington, Kenny Watson is his manager, Matt Bonney. Ma- Bonnie, what's up? Yeah, Matt Bonnie. <laughs> yeah, there we there go. There we go. We're on it. He's ready, too. Hey, Ooh. Bonnie has a new nickname. What's that? Bob Gnarly. Bob Gnarly? Bob Gnarly. Yeah, Ryan, yeah. I used to call Rhino Bob Gnarly because he was just the gnarliest of the gnar, but uh-huh. after this weekend, I, I gave... Uh, I gave Bonnie the new nickname, Bob Gnarly, and I'll explain that later to okay. all you gnarliness. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Let's, uh, right off the bat, uh, thank our sponsors who make this show possible, and that would be X-Brand Goggles. Check them out at eksbrand.com, tremx.com, jgrmx.com, as well, Rockwell Watches, uh, rockwelltime.com. Watson. Uh, yeah, Rockwell. Rich hooked you up with a couple of watches. They're so sweet. And, and I got a hat. Yeah. I'm wearing oh, it in yeah. studio today. Rockwell representing. And uh, and then also, you stole one from my house last weekend. That's right. I'm a thief. Uh, I, a, I had a watch ready to go out for our web guy who really did a bunch of work for free and only requested a watch, Matt. That's it. That's it. All he wanted. Watson was eyeing it up last week. And uh, and at the end of the show, he just took it. He I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Marty. Marty, Marty Hart? No, just Marty. His name's Marty. Hey, Marty. Sorry, man. It looks a lot better on my lady's wrist than yours, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make it up to you. And okay. I hope we will get you one ASAP. I so uh, Rockwell Watch is a big supporter of us as well. Uh, T R E M X. Free shipping. Anything over hundred bucks. Uh, they're home of the Racers Edge, your one-stop shop for all of moto needs that you have. As well, if you type in Pulp MX Show, all caps, you will get a discount on your order. It actually pays to listen to the show watson did you know that i know it does and uh this week this week uh tremx is offering tcx boots which are the uh, same boots as uh monster energy kawasaki's nick way um 20 off tcx boots so combine that with the other discount and you're you're banging uh your code is p-u-l-p tcx all caps pulp tcx to save 20 percent on your tr on your uh, tcx boots as well still going with the discounts bonnie so if you hey Privateer, if you need something. I'm going to be getting the TCXs ready for next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, xbrand.com, eksbrand.com. Punch in Xcode2010. Uh, that's the code, Xcode2010, and you will get a 30% discount off, an, off your order of goggles. And, uh, and of course, JGRMX, motor and suspension mods. Check them out in North Carolina, uh, jgrmx.com. We're going to have uh, JGR guys on here periodically to tell us about the uh, awesome suspension and motor stuff they have so tonight's show pulp mx we have grant langston david Iser from dmxs who will come on after the break and of course in studio matt bonnie the whole show uh you're ready for the whole two hours you're I'm good ready. i'm in for a long haul you're hydrated myself all right and then don't forget you can get this show on itunes if you're not listening live uh, or if you want to tell a buddy it's on itunes 
Just search Steve Mathis, and it'll, it'll, it'll come up. Or uh, also, the archive should be up on the site uh, ASAP. Basically, uh, let's talk about Salt Lake City. Man, what uh, what was worse, Matt? Seattle? What? We don't really know what was worse. You can't really offer that. Watson. No. We'll get to that in a second. Watson, what, what was worse, Seattle what? or Salt Lake City? What was the worst track? Um, before they fixed the whoops, I would say... Salt Lake. Yeah. After they fixed it, I would say Seattle. It yeah. was just Seattle looked like it was way more rough. Yeah. And ruddy. Uh, Salt Lake was more greasy um, because they did cover everything, uh-huh. and then it started to rain. And the faces of the jumps got really greasy, and the guys were spinning, you know, off the faces and casing stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, going into the corners in the front. They were losing their front ends. But uh, before they fixed the whoops, definitely after Seattle. Okay. All right. Um, Matt, let's talk about your Salt Lake City. So basically, the whole program was a rain program. The practice was pushed back. Um, you guys had one practice only, so you didn't hit the track till about three thirty or so. You go out there and you eat shit in the whoops. Yep. Um, Along with a lot of guys, though. Yeah. Before okay. they fixed them, they were gnarly. The first lap, I think like six guys went down. Yeah. And I actually went down the first lap, overshot a small double, and just the bike stopped in the soft mush. Uh-huh. I went over the bars, and actually JT Money hit me. Yeah. So even yeah. during practice, we can't stay apart from each other. And we actually had a little laugh at it right on the track. You, you actually did. Okay. One of my questions on here for you is what's going on with you and JT? Yeah. Uh, we, we had a little chuckle okay. on the track. All right. And um, yeah. Just, Wait, I thought you went down the whoops. You didn't? I, that was a couple laps later. Oh, a couple laps later. I like later. to space my crashes out. <laughs> so, okay. So you get up and how how you feeling? Um, I hit my chest really hard. I kind of went, my front end tucked and then went in the mush. Tried to duck it to the right, uh-huh. landed on my, my right ribs really hard. My bike hit me on top of it, which is a great feeling. <laughs> and I was laying there. I was like, man, I didn't knock the wind out of myself. I'm trying to do the self-diagnostics, you know, check engine light. I'm like, all right, I'm okay. Just uh-huh. knocked the wind out of myself. I did another lap, and I knew something wasn't right. I went over to the actual tent and um, didn't have any broken bones, nothing like that. But yeah. my heart rate was really erratic. It would kept, it almost stopped for a little bit and then start what? back up. Really? Not dead. Yeah, yeah, like, no, yeah, no, but... Hey, the would... new theme song in our truck is yeah. Molly Crew Kickstart Your Heart. <laughs> and uh, they advised me to go to the ER, and typical motocrosser, I was like, no. Yeah. I'm going to get undressed, go grab a Sammy, I'll meet you guys at the rental car. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I ended up having to take the ambulance. Really? Which I was Oh, not, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. You just got lightheaded and like just... No, or... I, just I knew something was wrong. My heart felt really heavy, and uh-huh. just my chest was really heavy. <laughs> Went to the ER, did all that fun stuff, had needles poked in me all night, yeah. and uh, ended up having a heart contusion. My oh. heart hit my chest cavity so hard that it messed up the rhythm of my heart, and Dude. it ended up straightening itself out about <laughs> 9 o'clock at night, which they wouldn't let me out of my neck Yeah, brace. they're going to keep you right for observation. Uh, it was horrible. Yeah. 3 o'clock in the morning, wake-up calls to take blood, and finally I talked him out, just let me uh-huh. out of there, and took off my neck brace, walked out, hopped on my flight here. Yeah, I saw you on Sunday morning, and yeah. uh, you looked rough for sure. Um, what's the diagnosis like? Can you ride? You can, are you good? Or like, I mean, there's only one round left, obviously. But what's the? Yeah, they said that I'm I'm good to go. Just a one time. <laughs> yeah, deal? I just had to kind of cruise for a couple of days, let it ease up, and I was just so bummed because I'm getting knee surgery, fixed my torn ACL May 18th. Yeah. So now it's just I was in there. I was like, dude, this is just like a pregame. Yeah, yeah. I'm just getting more <laughs> fired up to. Yeah, tough season for you, huh? Like last year, top privateer, man, coming from the back. You even switched teams halfway through to Butler Brothers to uh, Hart and Huntington, which is never easy. You you kept it going, 
uh, the results going, and you end up being the top privateer of the year. Great year, great season, aggressive, running up top tens, and just this year, nothing. Nothing has gone right, uh-huh. huh? It's been the gnarliest season in my life up to this point. Uh-huh. I know that life gets way gnarlier, <laughs> but I'm not looking forward to that. But yeah. just between my blown knee after Anaheim 2 and then just that wreck and my results just being down, it's just been gnarly. But uh, uh, Watson, and then uh, how, what about Chris Blos on the night? How, were you happy? Uh, I was. I was. I, I think that he did good as he could do. I mean, he he, he, he had a good – he had a, I mean – the kid's four foot four, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And he's built like a, a brick house. But, you know, it's one of those races when you have to put your feet down mm-hmm. and, 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 and paddle through the stuff, he yeah. struggles because his feet don't even touch the ground. Yeah. So, all in all, a 10th place is a solid finish for that guy in the mud. Um, you know, I think he has a better shot when it's not. But, uh, you know, he had a great start. He had a really, 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 he picked a really shitty gate and he came out pretty good. He started on the far inside and, uh, you know, on the far, I'm sorry, on the far outside, and he mm-hmm. came out decent. You know, he started like third or fourth, and he battled up front for a couple laps, and you know, made a couple mistakes, and and you know, got picked off throughout the race. You know, he had he got slammed into a couple times by a couple people, and uh-huh. you know, he regrouped. He had some goggle problems. Um, he he insisted that he didn't use roll offs, yeah. and I didn't agree with him because you know I knew that would come into play, and sure enough, about lap eight, he started wiping. Um, his goggles, and he just lost all his vision, and he just kept the goggles on, but he couldn't see where shit. So maybe he should have X brand. I I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm that. that Hart Huntington is sponsored by Smith. X brand and is sponsored by Smith, X-Brand. but X brand X brand is a sponsor of this show, and it's a great <laughs> goggle too. You know, I'm not taking anything away uh, from anybody. And none for, of the none of the X brand guys wore rollies either, and I thought it was weird. I thought for sure it was a roll off night, but Chisholm, Alessi, and Baker did not want roll offs. Yeah. And for Blos to pull as good a start as he did uh-huh. from that gate, our the start, if you guys have seen it, was probably forty feet long. I know. I was gonna talk a dog leg into a set of whoops and he was on the outside and almost pulled the whole shot. What it did you amazing. think of that? They you know, it was supposed to go outside the stadium originally and they moved it in. What'd you think of that, Kenny? I mean Well, I thought they had to do something because of the weather, because of the way that things would have went, they had it outside the stadium and it came down this little hill. <clears throat> excuse me. And they would have it would have been just a, a quagmire right yeah. there. All the water would have sat right in the middle, and it would have just been a big mud hole unless they were pumping it out. But the irrigation that they had in that stadium for drainage, um, I've heard through um, the Dirtworks guys, isn't the best. Even when they have football games there, when it rains and it oh, snows, yeah. they have big problems with puddling and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. from the get-go, it was it was screwed. Yeah, yeah so. there was not much you could do. The the far right hand gate, you were facing a jump. You were basically inside. You were going to hit the tabletop. Yeah. The tabletop. Even if they would have had to start outside, I'm sure they would have changed something. But if that start would have been outside the stadium, came into it, into that set of whoops, that would have been the gnarliest thing ever because you would have probably been going close to 85 miles an hour, elbows tucked in, yeah. trying to go for top speed into a set of whoops. Yeah, I didn't like that going into those whoops, but I mean, I was I wasn't even racing. I was just watching. But I mean, I was, everybody I was, everybody handled it pretty good except for uh, heat. Number first seat of the night, two fifty class. Yeah, that kid. I don't know who it was. Dude, he got hamburger. He got. Yeah. Dude, he was down for I would say three to four minutes where he did not move. Yeah. He was knocked unconscious. And this yeah. one is LCQ. Was that the same guy? Yeah. Oh, really? That's what Speed Channel said. Wow! 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 wow. Uh, that's amazing. Cause the kid. Wow. That, I I don't know how they let him back up and race after that guy was knocked well, out like that. Yeah. It may not have been the same guy. That's what they said on Speed. <laughs> I, I think I would have to say that is false. But, you know, I'm not going to take anything away night. from speed. <laughs> uh, and getting back to uh, to you, Bonnie, what – okay, so you accidentally break JT's leg at the U.S. Open a couple years ago. 
teammates. He, he fell in front of uh, us. Yes. Yeah, not, not on purpose. Not no. at all. Uh, racing incident. Uh, not happy. He was not happy with you. Um, friction there. You guys made up at Bercy. Everything was good. Then this year, literally five or six times you guys have gotten into it on the track. Just meeting each other. And I saw one time where he looked like he kind of pulled a dickish move. One time it was you. I haven't seen everything. I'm not judging. Gallagher, John Gallagher, the referee, has warned both of you. You only have one race left, so looks like you might make it through. But what is going on? Um, I had a really fu- tough first couple races, and uh, my first one that I made was Anaheim two. Uh huh. And I made the main, so I'm super excited. I had a good solid ride going. I was pumped. Get in the main event. I haven't been training because my knee was messed up, and I throw the anchor about lap eight. <laughs> I have double vision. I'm just exhausted. I'm, I can't bring my heart rate down. Double vision. I think my heart rate's kind of like moving my ribs. It's beating so hard. Yeah. And um, I'm just heading backwards. And he was went around the outside of me. I jumped down my inside line just to stop him, uh-huh. trying to salvage anything I can. And he ended up cleaning both of us out. And the way that I picked up my bike, every time he would try to take off, he was running my bike, my knee was popping out. Oh, yeah. He ran into me about four times, and just my knee kept popping out. <laughs> and every time it's popping out, I'm just yeah. saying curse words and profanity. And right. maybe I slapped him on the helmet. And <laughs> just kind of escalated from there. And every, yeah. every weekend, just we've been yeah. seeing each other. But I think we're cool now. I, th- I have no problem. I asked him to come on the show uh, to talk about it. And uh, he said you guys were cool. He had something going on. He couldn't make it, but he said you guys were cool. Must be playing poker. Big poker game tonight down in Florida. Oh, is it? Yeah. Monday. Monday. That's night the way he makes his money, dude. He does make good money. Though. He makes great he money. Guys, he does anyways. I don't dude, know. if I if I was going to sponsor someone in the World Series of Poker, if it wasn't for myself, which I would probably would not sponsor myself because I don't have that much faith in myself playing right. poker, it would definitely be JT. Right. I don't be, I don't go on that JT money crap because JT money. When you call someone JT money, that means he has your money. And I don't want to call it that when you're a poker player. You okay. can't call some guy sitting across the table from you JT Money because that's a nickname, and hopefully he doesn't get your money. Okay, all right. Good. That's the way I feel, okay. Jason Thomas. Um, I want to read a couple of emails we got in this week. Oh, we, we got uh, We got some emails. We get letters, letters. We get letters. Um, first one from uh, T.C. Patton. He says, uh, Mathis, tell Kenny thanks a lot for killing me on my motocross dream team. He said DeMuth was going to be at Salt Lake City. I picked him, and it screwed me. Thanks for nothing. Love the show with both you guys, but want to punch Kenny in the mouth right now. Sweet. Bring it. What what happened to Josh DeMuth? DeMuth, uh, as everyone knows, he is riding a KTM under his own deal. Um, uh, we uh, had an agreement with him that we would support him um, with his expenses um, to get to the race, but he was responsible for his bikes and parts mm-hmm. as a mechanic. And he had a bike problem in St. Louis where his bike blew up, and then he went to some local race, and he had some other bike problems with his practice bike, and he could not get some parts that he needed. Um, and they were going to ship his motorcycle to Salt Lake. Um, they did not get the parts in time until Friday. He could not ship the motorcycle. So this is not my fault. And if you still want to punch me in the mouth, I will play punches. You punch me, I punch you, and then we'll go. Uh, Vegas? Will he be here? He will be in Vegas. Put him back on your uh, fantasy league and, and live in a, a fantasy. Guy. I don't think you can pick a guy two weeks in a row. No, that's much as I know. Fantasy right. bullshit. Uh, we got another another email from uh, uh, Dave in Australia. Um, Kenny, you might remember Dave. Oh, hey, Dave, you yeah. uh, kook. Hey, K- Kenny, Steve, great podcast last week. Seems I upset you a bit, Kenny. I'm sorry. I do, however, think that upon hearing my advice, you did a better job. You should adopt me as your life coach. I will have you sweeping floors with the best of them in no time. Can you do that again in an Australian accent? I didn't get I, the full effect. I can't. I can't. 
Uh, whilst I stand by my comments, I do apologize for the who is he nobody comment. Obviously, it was untrue or you would not be doing what you do. And I also didn't say you knew shit, as you said to J-Bone, just to be clear. Great got, great show, guys, and an all a bit of fun, Dave. P.S. Those comments about meeting in the outback on a chopper swinging a ball and chain had my wife and I in fits of laughter. Gold. So Dave kind of wants to make up with you. That's all right. I love you, Dave. It's okay. I love you, Dave. Hey, Dave. It's all good, buddy. I appreciate it. Like I said. I mean, I liked when he said that you weren't on my level. I, li- I did like that. Yeah. Well, Dave, you know what? Check it out. I told you when Steve read that to me last week that I'm about making myself better. If it's on this show or in life, and I, I, I will take the criticism as positive criticism. And you know what? I was a little heated because, you know, I have that... You know, a little Italian in me where I get a little pissed off once in a while when people talk to me. But I'm one of those guys that runs into the wall 30 times and then go, wow, I could go left and go around the wall. <laughs> so, you know what? I was running into the wall. You made a couple comments. and uh, Not on know, Steve's level was one of the No, I, I, I don't think I, I can ever be on Steve's level uh, as it comes to the radio. Thank you. Or do this. But on other things, I'm way above his level. Well, all right. I beg to differ. We can fight about that I beg that to differ. I beg uh, to differ with hey, you. You never answered me back. Are we going to do try to do a Friday show with some riders or somebody, or what's the story? You know, that's going to be a tough one. I have a really, really, really packed-filled oh, Friday, yes. Okay. I got, you know, we have a huge signing at Carter we, Power Sports. We talked Sports. about it. Like, yeah, we yeah. did. I have a huge signing for our team. Carter Power Sports is one of our, you know, sponsors of mm-hmm. our team. Um, Friday night, we have a dealer show. Um, I have a okay. few guys riding the Mini Moto in town that um, I have to go make an appearance at. So it's going to be a tough one. Probably not going to happen. Um, Plus, let's face it, what riders, they're going to be pretty much out getting wasted on Friday night anyways. They don't want to come to my house. Exactly. With four dogs. And, yeah. and do, a, do a stupid radio Hey, show. let me ask you a question. If you were a rider and you're coming to Vegas for the finale, mm-hmm. would you want to go to a house and hang out with me and you and four dogs? And no. do, do it Exactly. So no. let's, let's just put that. Let's bury that. And we'll do a, a wrap-up show on Monday. And we'll do our thing like we usually do. Okay. All right. I just, I just throwing it out there. See, I couldn't get you to call me back or answer, answer me back. So I knew you'd be here on Monday for me to get that. Exactly. Question. I got shit going uh, down, Mathis. I ain't got time to return your 18 texts a day. Uh, sorry. I'm There's sorry. other things going on besides this show. Even I, though I, I live and breathe this show. This is, this is, my, this is my life. <laughs> any, uh, any fan comments this weekend about the show? You know what? No. I, did, I did get one guy that said he went by to see you to talk about the show. He emailed me, but you weren't around. But he did say Bonnie and Blows were signing autographs, and not only were they signing, they were talking to the fans, interacting with the fans like it was like different from other teams. I, I should find that. Wow, that's a surprise. The guy was pumped. That's was, a surprise. That's it, what Hart and Huntington stands for: interaction of the fans. <laughs> I don't think that really adds up, but. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> I'm so slow that I have to do something to stand out from the crowd. And yeah. if it's being the nice guy that just sits yeah. there and talks to the kids for 30 more minutes. And maybe, I'll pull that, maybe I'll try to pull that email up later uh, and read it to you guys. But uh, you listen to the Pulp MX show, our guest Grant Langston, David Iser from DMXS, and in studio Matt Bonney. Last season's Privateer of the Year. This season's Blow it. not Privateer of the Year. <laughs> uh, but Blows is in third for Private. Do they have that anymore? No. They have it. Last time I saw like, Tedesco's hundreds Ivan? of points in front of us. Yeah, but Ivan, <laughs> Chisholm, and then probably. No, if you're going to go off of that, then Han. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't Han. think Han counts. I don't. Who knows? Well, who there's knows? a big thing going on right now between Han and Tedesco. And, and a lot of people don't know, Han stays at Tedesco's house when he's in uh-huh. California. So you got you know Ivan and him living together with Ivan's wife, Teresa, and they have a little kid. Well, Ivan has um, 
a doctor that he brings to the race, Dr. G. Yeah. And, you know, when Ivan got hurt, Han had a little injury that wanted to take Dr. G to the race with him to help him. And uh, it turned out, turned into a big firestorm because he went out and got second, and he might pass Ivan in points now oh, if yeah. he goes good. So this week, he can't work on Han no more. Really? Because he's Tedesco's yeah, yeah, that's guy. That's it. So. Uh, Teresa stepped in and said, hey, gee, you're our guy, and if you want to keep going to the races, that's fine, but you can't go to Verhan, else you're not going to get your money. Wow. So they want that deal. And, and but, but, but Han's okay with this, or he's bad? Dude, Han's so laid back. He yeah, don't give he a don't, crap. He don't care. He don't give a crap. Hey, uh, let's talk about the, the winners at, at Salt Lake City, which we never did. K-Dub um, dominating. Uh, what a lap. 15-lap main. Did you, first of all, as a team manager, did you agree with that? Cutting the laps from 20 to 15? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought you I were did. getting ready to explain. Yeah, I did. I did because the, the other guys were coming after my guy behind. Oh. And another another five laps, I probably we would probably have got fifteenth. Bonnie, if you race, do you agree with that? If you were there, yeah, I agree. If it's if it gets to the point where it's taken into safety, uh-huh. like that track looked like it was, it looked like it was getting really slick, and it looked like yeah. it was gonna be unsafe and snowing, then I'm all down for a cut to fifteen laps. Oh. But like I always say, like, we need to bring the sport back to gladiators. If it's gonna be gnarly, let uh-huh. it get gnarly. Okay. Wow. But uh, if it's going to be dangerous, then they yeah. need to step in. So no real surprise from either one of you that K-Dub won again. No, I called I mean, it. I called it. I, I, I was sitting there with a few people, and they're all, who do you think? And I, and I called it. I said, Wyndham, Millsaps, uh-huh. probably short. Wow. And that's what I called. And I said, maybe not in that order, but those are going to yeah, be your yeah. top three guys. Millsaps was on it, too. There's no doubt about no, yeah, it. They were, uh, that, those guys, I mean, if you look at it. Just the precision you need and the sort of the throttle control in the mud and, like, just. Well, Dub's on right now, dude. I know. K-Dub's on. He's freaking on it right now. He has the ball rolling, and I wouldn't doubt if he wins Vegas. He, he's won that race a couple yeah. times, and he loves that hard pack, and he's good. He's I uh, I would have thought, too, Millsaps, if they had left that second set of whoops in Millsaps. Well, of course, K-Dev goes good in whoops, too, but Millsaps was flying through those things. Before he ate in shit in practice? No, or in the heat. In the heat. Okay. Yeah. Because no. he did. He did crash in the same exact spot as Bonnie did in hey, practice. In practice, you know, one practice only, and he went down twice. Uh, he did one fast lap out of four. He did four only four laps. One of them was 48 seconds. The other ones were a minute 20. So, he, in effect, when he lined up for heat number one, he had one fast lap under his belt. And then he goes and wins the heat. That's pretty gnarly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really gnarly. Yeah, no, I was I was super impressed with. Hey, him. what about the other winner that I called that would win a race this year, and everyone thought I was an idiot. Everyone thought you were an idiot for calling Josh Hansen. Yeah, a lot of people. Have, I mean, he's a lot of he's, a lot, won, he's won tons of heats. He's had the fastest lap time. He's no, I'm talking before the season even started. Oh, okay. All after right. who will Josh Hansen? Well, win you weren't a race? on the show then, so I can't. will Josh <laughs> Hansen win a race? Okay, mm-hmm. that was one of my that was one of my questions that you asked me, and I said yes. And our other host at the time said Jake Weimer will go undefeated. He did? Okay. I think so. All right. Uh, I think so. I'm not surprised Hanny won um, just because the guy's on it. You know, he's super fast. He's, had, uh, he's won, I think, four heats, five heats out of eight races. And, uh, you know, it was perfect for him. It was a, it was a perfect storm of, uh, of everything he needed. And I think his new in. look came into play. I don't know if you've seen his new haircut. Josh no. Hansen definitely has the sickest hair in the pits and really, on the track. I don't really hang out with him too much. Well, I don't. Th- you, if you guys ever hear the opening of the show when the guy goes, "I think that guy's just a douchebag," he is talking about the co-host, yeah, Steve Hans- Mathis. That's Hansen talking about me. Not not a big fan of Mathis. Um, maybe we can get him on the show though, Watson. Awesome, let's do it. Tell him about the show, but just don't tell him. Leave how about the how about how about we just do a sneak call on him tonight? <clears throat> how yeah, about maybe. we do that? Maybe how about we, we do that? We got a full slate, but we could. No, let's just call him. Um, let's call him right now. Uh, let's uh, call him right now. We we will um, soon. We got to have Grant GL coming on. I mean, I'm not scared. I will call him. Let's You're get scared. GL on. You're scared. Hey, um, no, not at all. You're scared. That's all right. 
Yeah, I'm scared. Uh, You're scared, dude. Don't ah, he's, he can't even talk. No. Look uh, at him. I'm yeah, I was he's to, better than me. I'm not at his level. I was, trying to, I was <laughs> trying to think of something funny to say, and I bit my tongue. That's okay. Uh, uh, 702-586-7857. You're going to have a chance to call in and talk to Matt Bonney, Grant Langston here in a little bit, as well as David Iser. So uh, you can call in and uh, ask one of us a question. Uh, has been, you can call in too if you want and uh, uh, talk, to, uh, talk to us. Of course he will. Has been's our regular caller, Matt. Calls in every I show. I talking on me the whole time. Oh, as it has been? I was like, dude, I've had one bad year. <laughs> no, no. Hey, do you miss Do you miss not racing the Nationals? Like, I do and I don't. I uh-huh. didn't. Last year, I was pretty happy with my decision and uh, been watching the Moto Series on Fuel. Yeah. Which is actually... Yeah, get closer to the mic. Which is actually a good series. Yep. And, um, dude, it made me miss it. But, I started having those thoughts of like, dude, I'm pretty fast outdoors. Uh-huh. And I'll go to a public track and get smoked, and that quickly leaves my mind. <laughs> the, the, last, uh, the last time you raced outdoors, though, was on a 250F, correct? I did five races as a true privateer in uh-huh. my daddy's motorhome with uh-huh. my daddy's trailer yep. on my daddy's dollar. And um, it wasn't didn't turn out very good. I had a couple top tens, but other than that, uh-huh. it just wasn't. What, wasn't feeling it. Do you have a favorite track? Um... No. No. <laughs> no. They were all very hot. Yeah. All very rough. <laughs> uh, all made me feel like a very bad motorcycle. L- let me ask you this. Is uh, is your contract up this year? Yes, it is. It is. Uh, Watson, uh, his contract's up. When does uh, when do you start talking about re-signing Matt or letting him know what's up? Is that going on nowadays? Is January that- 1st. January 1st. <laughs> uh, well, what the deal is, is it's not talking to anybody. It's just going to get sponsors first. Okay, so I first, mean, as a team, you're going to go out make sure you got bikes, exactly. parts. As soon as we get funding, we will go talk to riders at what level. Yeah. It, it matters, you know, there's a lot of guys up mm-hmm. for a ride. Um, and it matters, you know, the funding that we get and the level of riders that we'll go after. I mean, I know that Matt has definitely has the capability of, of being up there. I look at him, you know, we were talking last night, and, you know, he was at the level of Chisholm was last year. And or mm-hmm. better, yep. and that guy's killing it. That guy's riding awesome, and that's where Matt should be. And injuries took an effect, and he can't ride during the week, and right. he, he has problems. So, um, you know, I definitely think that the guy has everything it takes to beat up there. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, um, there's there's a there's, handful of guys, like ten guys that I thought thought in my head yeah. that are going to be up that are could be a top five guy. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, really, it really depends on budget. Exactly. I mean, like, let's face it, in our sport. When you have more money, you'll get a better rider. Not, you, no you get what you pay for, definitely. I mean, it's very, very rare that you go bottom of the barrel and they, you know, it's not like you're taking a chance on some kid coming out of AAA that's gonna, you know, step up. You right. got to, you you got to, uh, you know, pick and choose the riders as yeah. you know as they fall. Um, now, uh, so when do you foresee that stuff going down? Summer, um, like late summer? No, you know? uh, yeah, probably. I mean. We would we would definitely like to have you know everything done. I would say you know riders and by you know mid August, um, and and start getting ready for the Vegas the Open or yeah. whatever they want to call that thing. Um, Is Stealth Stadium, from what you know, I, that's what I hear. They haven't announced anything, right. but I personally hope they don't even race. I mean, that's just a cluster for all i think for my myself and the rest of the teams uh-huh. i think you know if rockstar is not obligated into that i don't think that we will race it uh-huh. um we have to race the uh, rockstar us open because they're our title sponsor Clearly. but if rockstar does not get involved i really do not think that we will participate <laughs> in that event and uh for the x games uh you're going to just go with blows or maybe fill somebody in for uh the we're going to do uh blows and uh demuth 
Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. So it's because Matt's going to be on the sidelines. So yeah, Matt. Matt, uh, Matt doesn't know this yet, but he will be there. We will come out for support. <laughs> Team support. You you can find me in section L thirty one. I'll have pom poms, <laughs> rock star girls outfits. Yes. Signing. Go Chris Blows and Demuth. Yeah, we're um, gonna get him one of those helmets with the tubes in it that you put uh-huh. beers in, so he could suck beers down. Let's uh, let's take a couple calls before we get GL on the phone. Let's do it. Hey, let me let me tell you something real quick too. Okay, all right, go ahead. I just called Josh Hansen. You just, just I just talked to him yeah. on the phone, and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna call you back. I want you to do the show." And he said, "F no, I hate Mathis. I would never do that show." I go, "But it's my show too." He goes, "Watson, you're my guy. I love you to death. Yeah, but I will never do nothing for that guy. That guy sucks." Okay, all right. Well, you know what? Hey, I guess uh, these things happen. He said he likes Mathis' wife, though. Uh, I bet he does. I bet she does. She likes tattoos, too. Stay away. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, you're on You're on the uh, Pulp MX show. Who's this? Hey, what's up, Steve? Hey, this is Sean. What's hey, that? What's up, Sean? Oh, Sean. Uh, hey, Sean. Thanks for listening. Yeah, no problem. Hey, I just had a question about uh, Nick Way's deal right now. Yeah. Uh, when he's over at uh, Factory Cali, does he still get paid by Ty Luke? And does he get anything from Cali, or is it just bonuses? No, he definitely does not get paid by Ty Loop, uh, that's for sure. And I think um, I think for a deal like Nick where you get picked up halfway through the year, you're probably on a – I know Preston was on no salary, but his expense money he got ended up making that he made money every weekend. Of course, you got the purse money too. So I don't know Nick's deal for sure, but I would imagine it's a, it's a high expense money where he ends up pocketing something every week, and then, of course, he's on the good bike and a good team and, uh, and all that. So that would be my guess. All right, man. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, no problem. See ya. All right, see ya. Thanks, Sean. Call for next show. You're on the air. Who's this? Hasbin. It's Hasbin. Lawson just called it. What's up, Hasbin? Yeah, I want to talk to Bob Gnarly. He's here. Yeah, right Bob on. Gnarly. <laughs> Bob Gnarly. Bob Gnarly. You you set up for the outdoors, or you uh, are you injured? ACL after Anaheim two, and uh, I'm gonna be doing ACL reconstruction surgery May 18th. Uh, sorry to hear that. That really sucks. Okay, let's get on to the second most important question. Where are the girls hotter, Florida or Vegas? What is that? It sounds like you're in a tornado yeah. right now. Yeah, Hasbin, what are you doing right now? Hasbin, what, what, yeah. what are you doing right now? Your phone sounds like you're rubbing against your crotch. No, my crotch is fine, man. You have me on a three-way call. I don't do three-way with you guys. You know that. I call back with a clean line. Yeah, of course you call back. We know you will. Thanks, Hasbin. Pulp MX Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Gary from Tacoma. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Thanks for listening, man. Do you have a question? Yeah, Watson, uh, I'm the guy that you met in uh, Seattle. I came up to come up to say hi and tell you how much I like the show. You right forgot on. my name, though, but that's cool. No, it's Gary. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you don't. No, actually, every, he's no. You're a cool guy. <clears throat> you're a really hey, nice guy. Let me ask. You, let me ask you this, um, Gary. Gary, was he? Did he look like he was pissed off though? Dude, you know what? I was like a big game hunter. Like, I didn't want to take my shot quick because I don't want to piss him off because I was kind of intimidated at first. Like, you know, I don't know if this dude's going to try to start swinging on me if, I, if he's uh-huh. pissed or what. So uh-huh. I just waited until I, I, felt the, I, felt the, I felt the move, and I, I saw him. I looked like he was laughing a little bit. Oh, so I was yeah, like, yeah. you know what? I better go introduce myself. And like I said, cool dude, way cool. Watson, you're a nice guy. And he came up, shook my hand, and he was uh, down to talking. And then I saw some, like, shot guy come up to you, and I was out because I kind of got spooked there because – Right. I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, I didn't want to interrupt your work. I'm so. sure it was highly intellectual. Hey, dude, you should have stayed around and talked to my shot guy. You'd have been way more enthused than that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, dude, that guy has me covered. Dude, I would love this. Dude, that would be my dream to stay and just like go behind the scenes one time. That'd be awesome. Well, I'll tell I you need what. All that stuff, if, up, man. Uh, whatever you want to do, man. Next time we're in your town, just 
Come by, and you're more than welcome to sit down and hear what goes on behind Kenny, the scenes. Kenny at, <laughs> Kenny at hhtat.com. There you go. Email him. Yeah, okay. I will. Um, hey, I got to go back real quick to Seattle, and I think you guys are probably going to bring this up with the uh, with the Rider Safety Union with uh, Grant Langston, so I don't want to kill what you guys are probably going to talk about. But one thing I didn't hear come out from last week is they made an adjustment to the track. They took out a jump right before that big old triple, right yes. before the uh, before the gate. Yep, where guys were flat landing before where Han almost crashed. Yep, no one really mentioned about that because it did look it looked really sketchy, and I was kind of surprised that there was no real good takeoff before that triple, and then before the practices. They took that jump out, and I was kind of curious what went down there because no one really talked about no. that. They actually took a whole jump out, which I thought was almost dangerous because those guys were flat landing because they had a huge they run up that triple. Run. I mean, what went down right there? I, I don't know what went down. I absolutely know what you're talking about. Before the riders even went out there, the, they made the move. Uh, Watson, do you know what I'm talking? About? Do you know what he's talking about? Uh, I, I would imagine that with tensions being a little high after St. Louis, that they did it. Sorry to interrupt you. No comment. Okay, no comment from Watson. So either he knows something or nothing. I can't talk about the track tomorrow. I had uh, some people come up to me from the uh, uh, Feld and uh, Jay Gallagher um, wouldn't talk to me about it. But someone when said this? that uh, please keep let's try to keep this under wraps. Where, when was this? This weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Strong armed him. Yeah, they strong armed. <laughs> to get Kenny Watson to be quiet about something he feels strongly about. They said they were going to pull. They said they were going to pull. A very good point. They said they were going to pull my credential for the season. No, they didn't, Watson. You, didn't, you don't go to the half races anyway. Uh, hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I've been to every one. How many of you missed this Are year, you being Bonnie? serious, Watson? Yeah, no, no, you're not. Yes, I am. Well, I don't know why they did that because, I, you know what? It looked a little dangerous to me, and uh, I wasn't sure if it was Bonnie. You know what I'm talking about? Help us out. You're the rider. The triple before, the, before you go across the starting straight. Was there too much of a run and you were da- in danger of flat landing it? In Seattle? Seattle. Two weeks ago. The triple on the right-hand side. Yeah. Because um, it was it, a table to off. By the end of the night, it was so rough and rutted that you needed that long run, and you needed to, you needed that time to make sure you weren't swapping. Okay. So it was a good, it, good I, Well, well my, cool, my question is, though, what went down before that, though? Because there was a jump before that triple. Yeah, I, I don't And know. they knocked it out. So what went down? Did you guys all get together, like this union thing coming up, and say, listen, we ain't riding until this thing comes no, down? No, you know what happened? Or was I'm, that a fail? I'm scared to talk now. Kenny's, <laughs> Kenny's scared me about the AMA. This is Everybody, what happened. But. What happened was... Um, when they built that track, they built it expecting mass rain. So they put so much sand into the soil, and they built it. The soil was already soft, so they were expecting rain, so they added sand to it. Well, what happened was when they were, we were doing the track walk, it was super, super soft, even with the sand, and, like, you stepped and you sank to your ankles. So what happened was there, no rain came, so they just got rid of that section. So it wouldn't be a, a peg dragger going off of it and people going over the bars. They made that call on their own. There you go. Okay, that's all I wanted to know. All right, thanks, man. We're gonna. Have, all right, guys. We're gonna have Grant, on, yeah, thank you. We're gonna have Grant Langston on here right away. Actually, let's uh, let's bring him on right now because uh, let's go, GL. With, with GL, you know that uh, there's gonna be some talking. So, I got some great stories about GL. Well, what do you want to know? Can you give us a hint? Uh, Davy Millsap's bachelor party in Vegas. Oh, Langston man. stayed at the Hard Rock and got a little. Aggro. Please enjoy the music while your party is reached. And punch holes in the wall. TV. Road, road, yeah, just ask him about his stay at the Hard Rock. I wish That's I could have raced in the 90s. 93 to like 96. You were made for the 90s? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, I, I agree. 
I, did you ever go to Havasu with all those guys? I never ended up going. Yeah, I hell went yes, one, I, I went, went one Havasu. time. I owned Havasu. Really? <laughs> My middle name is Copper Kenny. <laughs> Copper Canyon. <laughs> you, well, I got You guys, when you're ready for the story about Copper Canyon and K Dub, I got a good one for you. GL, are you there? Yes. Oh, hey. hey! Grand Lang, white African. Thank you for uh, coming on the Paul by Mech show. Uh, this is Mathis. I got Matt Bonnie in studio as well as uh, Kenny Watson. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Uh, like what you guys do. So, do you really? For sure. Oh, hey, have you ever oh, listened yeah. to the show, Grant? For real. Come on, dude. Well, you know, I definitely uh, I listened to the whole thing that you guys did with Chad. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I can't remember now. But, um, you know, and I was. I enjoyed it. You know, it's really cool to to listen and and hear the questions and hear some of the some of the things that you know maybe sometimes people dance around. You know, it's good to yeah. get to the bottom of it. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's get talking about your season a little bit. How are you doing uh, after your crash at Daytona? Are you 100 percent practicing, getting ready for Hangtown? Yes, I am. Um, you know, I have people ask me that all the time. I am doing well. I. Basically, a lot of people said, hey, you know, what was the outcome after Daytona? I said, well, the good news, I think, and I, I, I was, it was refreshing to see how many people were genuinely concerned and, and uh, made an effort to contact me, email, Facebook, whatever. You know, people made sure that they wanted me to know that, that you know, were thinking about me and all that. And that was, that was great. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's lovely to hear that kind of stuff. And people obviously care and a lot of people said man you're looking good i was really hoping you know we thought you were gonna have a good night and right. so was i but um you know uh, uh the silver lining out of that whole thing was is even when i uh, was in the hospital that night i said to my wife she said you scared me uh-huh. and i said well sorry i uh, didn't mean to but um <laughs> you know i think i think i think what really got people concerned was because i got knocked out i wasn't moving i wasn't talking i was mm-hmm. battling to breathe and I think, you know, for everyone around me, they were a little concerned. And um, I actually found out later on that if you watch the video footage, I hit my head on the back of my head. And I've never had uh, a concussion or a knockout by hitting the back of my head. It genuinely seems yeah. to be by your temple area or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened was when I got knocked out, when I woke up, I was reacting different to how I had before. And I've asked doctors about that, and they said, yeah, hitting your brain in a different area will make you react different. And usually when I wake up, I ask the same questions. What happened? Right. Where am I? What happened? And on this occasion, um, when they asked me to move my legs, my wife said I just looked at her with this blank look and didn't do anything, didn't say a word. And I think that was when they decided to red flag the race because of that. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely not trying to put anyone in a panic situation. I don't remember the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good news, I think, the silver lining was leaving there. At least I was like, man, you know, <laughs> I still got it. You know, I could yeah. still, I could still twist the throttle, and, and it was, it was a bummer that the outcome wasn't that great. But that whole silver lining going, hey, you know, I, you know, kind of didn't have a great Supercross season. You know, we 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 were trying to develop a bike. I think I was a little bit behind. I've been struggling with a, a, a knee problem all year, which was aggravated a little more during my crash in Daytona. Mm-hmm. I, I chose to get a fix there and then because I didn't want to keep struggling, and, and I wasn't... It, it's, it's not fun when you go from race to race, your knee's swollen, you can barely walk. I wasn't riding during the week much. I couldn't cycle. It was just getting well, worse 
and I had some floating cartilage in there that I had to get removed. So mm-hmm. the Daytona crash pretty much made that simple decision. Um, get it fixed now. Get healthy because you got the outdoors coming up, and I didn't want to be struggling right. for that either. So um, I'm fine. I mean, I was battered and bruised and had a couple of hematomas and, you know, I puffed up some blood for a while and things like that. But besides being dinged up, um, all that really happened was I got my knee fixed and took mm-hmm. six weeks off to, to make sure that was 100%. Went and made sure I had a CT scan on my head that everything was okay, got cleared to ride. And I've just been concentrating on outdoors, and uh, I'm I'm pretty pretty stoked the way that's been going. I feel like um, trying to get I'm feel like I'm back in my groove, mm-hmm. and um, you know I'm really I'm really excited, and uh, it, I'm I'm stoked to be riding, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the nationals. I mean, you know we we always say oh you know six weeks away and five weeks, and now we're like geez, we're at Vegas yeah. this weekend, and it's it's outdoors, you know yeah, yeah. so. Um, it comes quickly, but the good thing is we've been putting in some time and effort, and uh, I, I, I'm pretty happy with where we're at right now. Yeah. So, so okay. So you're ready to go for for Hangtown. What about the uh, What about the GP? Do you know what's going on with that? Are you going to be racing that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm sure. I know. That I have a bad feeling the question's going to come up, but um, <laughs> I'm not even a hundred percent confirmed at this very point on where I'll be riding the Nationals. Um, I, I, I'm getting to that. <laughs> yeah, and I knew it was coming. I know you, Mathis. I knew it was going to come. You like to ask those questions that we try and dodge. Well, yeah, uh, right? Cause that's well, what, that's what um, the show's about. You know that, guys. I know, and I know, and that's why when I come on, I know where, where we're going to end up. Um, and you know what I'm going to ask know, you about, Grant? This is Watson. You know exactly what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about... Exactly. We're going to talk about Davey Millsap's bachelor party in Vegas. Oh great! <laughs> We're going to talk about you know what I would, We're going to talk you know about Hard Rock Day. I would like to say that that uh, I'd like to forget that weekend, but I don't really remember it anyway. So <laughs> to, to wasn't that it. hard to forget it? Okay, well, hey, listen, <laughs> we won't we won't pin you down on the on the national stuff. So um, we'll let that go because really, well, what I was getting at okay. with that is, um, you know, I, I and, until that side of things was confirmed. Uh, it, you know, I'm not real. I haven't really put a lot of thought into it. Would I like to do it? Yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have mixed feelings on it um, about rule changing and bending this and mm-hmm. adjusting that. And you know, I don't know. H- how do you look at it? I mean, everyone's going to have their point of view. Do you look at it as, oh, that's a load of BS because all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're changing the rules? Because I'm believe me, I'm the one. I'm a person who hates it when you know, as we used to call it, moving the goalposts yeah. to yourself, you know, and, um, but on the flip side, all right, they're trying to make an effort um, to, to, to bring GPs to America. You know, I think the reality is, you know, is this going to be a success? Is it going to be a large turnout? Or do people over here not really care that much? Um, I don't know that, that mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, being there, I think, would be cool. I've never raced a 450 GP. Right. You know, I won, I won the 125 World Championship and uh, packed my bags and came to the States. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe they could that was out. my dream. That was my dream. I said, I want to win here, and I want to follow in Albie's footsteps and head to the States. I love America. I love the lifestyle. People find it odd because they think, oh, you're from South Africa. They have this vision in their mind that, you know, I went to school on an elephant and lived in a hut, <laughs> and uh, yeah. they can't figure out how I found a dirt bike out there. But um, people would be surprised at just how similar South Africa and America is. Um, lifestyle, you know, 
people are outgoing, they love their sports, you know, the way we live, the food we eat. It's really not that big a difference considering we're on the opposite in the world. Right, right. No, uh, uh, everything I've heard, I know a bunch of you Africans, and, and I've all heard uh, t- lots of stories uh, about the essay and all that. Um, well, anyways, let's, uh, so, okay, we won't, we won't pin you down too much. Hopefully you're out there. We want to see you out there. You're better outdoors than I you will, are in. I will be at the Nationals. That's, that's right. a guarantee. Okay. The GT is probably something that might be decided on in a, maybe a week or two from now, but, um, like I said, it'd be kind of cool to do, but it's really not my priority. Yeah. So, I do agree. Um, I do agree, though, that the rules need to stay the same for yeah. The GP. Yeah. I mean, right? if I was a, if I was a GP rider, I'd be so bent out of shape. I right. mean, they're getting ripped off with their entry fees. Mm-hmm. There's no payback, and now I think basically American-based riders are saying, "You want us to pay how much?" <laughs> and I'm. I tell you one thing. I'm definitely not going to fork out the entry fee out of my pocket. Yeah. Um, you know, and and. Uh, you know, my, people might say, oh, well, you know, riders have money, you know, why is this? It's not the point. Um, you know, believe it or not, I don't make a fraction of what I used to make years ago. I mean, <laughs> what I take in each month, especially now that I'm not on the bike, people would probably be pretty surprised. I'm here because I love the sport, mm-hmm. and being away from it was was depressing, and being told that I might never be able to race again was even more depressing. So to be a, able to have the opportunity to ride again, I was going to grab it, and uh, you know, it wasn't for the money, and uh, I can guarantee you that much. It was just for the love of the sport, and the fact I, I didn't want to walk away. I love what I do, and and uh, you know, and that's that's partly why I I, I feel like it, it's it's time that we have our input on you know the safety and and the direction that the sport goes, because everyone involved loves it, and no one wants to see it going down the wrong road, right? And um, well, yeah, you that, know, that's, I, that was uh, we got a sobering reminder of uh, of how dangerous a sport is. With uh, when Andrew McFarland passed away this weekend, um, uh, Australian guy who rode in America for a bunch of years, uh, great guy, really nice guy, and uh, I mean, it was on a motocross track, not a supercross track, from what I understand. But you know, when yeah. you combine Andrew's death with um, Reed's uh, RV's crash and, and Ivan Tedesco and, and Chad coming out, your crash really got people talking as well. Uh, it prompted you to uh, well. First, let's talk about let's talk about Sharky a little bit. Uh, what, what what's your memories of that of him? Uh, you know, I I've known Andrew for a while. I mean, I, I didn't know him very well when he was you know doing a lot of the Europe stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd met him. I'd spoken to him, um, but since he's been in America, we've been we've all been pretty good friends. Uh, you know, a lot of us used to, you know, we all have motorhomes, so we camp, we would camp at the outdoors, and, you know, you remember a few years ago, there were two-day events, and we were all barbecuing in the, in the, in the motorhome section, and on Saturday evenings, after practice, you know, the night before the race, um, and Andrew, you, you said it as well, I mean, great guy, I don't think I've ever met anyone that's ever had a bad word to say about him, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, people have seen what he's done at racing, he's won GPs, you know, he's been successful in Australia, he's been successful in America, he's traveled the world, but what maybe a lot of people don't know about him is Andrew was a genuine, genuine great guy, and anyone that knows him will vouch for me on that. He was a great father, great husband, and, um, you know, when I heard the news, I was pretty devastated. My, my wife bawled her eyes out for hours and hours because she was close with Natalie. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter and Andrew's daughter are the same age. 
They used to play outside the motorhome together. Um, it really was a family atmosphere, especially, you know, when we used to do the summer camping and, you know, out at the nationals and barbecuing or, or cooking food, you know. We'd, we'd have the wives cook food while we're doing track walking. We'd all kind of eat together, you know, the burns, the reeds, mm. the Metcalfs, you know, and other people that used to camp as well, you know. It, it was a great atmosphere. And all my memories of, of, of Sharky was just, Nothing but good memories. I mean, the guy was great. He li- his daughter was his life, which just breaks my heart because mm-hmm. I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a racer, you know. You talk about something hitting close to home um, and losing a friend. Uh, it's devastating. You know what I think was the biggest eye-opener? I don't think anyone out there would say, you know, it was a matter of time because Andrew rode, he was one of the smoothest riders I've ever seen. He, he never rode over his head. You know, and, and you see something like this, and you're like, man, you know, this is this is a wake-up call that this this could happen to anybody, absolutely anybody. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you how much I think it's affected me and friends and, and my family and mm-hmm. my wife. And, you know, I put myself in their shoes, and I'm just going, I can't believe it. You know, Natalie and, and Taylor's life revolved around Andrew. They were, you know, this tight pack of three mm-hmm. that was andrew's family they traveled the world together she lived through him um you know i, I don't even know what she what, what she's thinking or what she can do right now mm-hmm. you know i spoke to chad after the incident and i said obviously this is probably a dumb question but i said how's natalie he said oh, obviously she's an absolute wreck yeah he could barely understand her on the phone but you know and i know for chad uh andrew was arguably his best friend and I, I, I know for, for Chad, this, this was devastating. You know, he, he told me, I, you know, we had this long, exhausting uh, couple of days in the hospital with 26 hours of labor that Ellie went through. Mm-hmm. They were physically, mentally drained, but they come home with a new baby boy that they're so stoked on. They walk through their front door and get a phone call that his best friend died. And, you know, it's, you can't even put it in words sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and as a racer, you know, Chad, myself, and a host of other people since since this co- topic's come up, you know, there needs to be there needs to be something done. And, you know, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of options, a lot of possibilities, a lot of people have already put ideas forth. But, you know, can we sit here and say that that should have never happened, that incident? I don't know if we could ever say that. Right. But when you look at some of the elements, and I know a few of the details about how the crash happened, and I, I would like to think that it could have been avoided, mm-hmm. and and um, I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. But you know, I have a, a a lot of ideas that I want to would like to see in our sport because the bikes are getting faster and heavier, and safety is not keeping up with that. And I hate to say it, but but this is going to become all too frequent unless things change. Um, yeah, you're right. They're, they're, I don't know if it's the age of the internet or not, but we've We've just been, we just get body blows constantly from riders getting seriously hurt or, 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 or dying, you know. Um, this, this prompted you to, uh, to put a post on Vital MX about starting a union. And uh, what's been the response from that uh, from other riders uh, in the industry and stuff? I, I know James Stewart was on Twitter saying that he would back everybody. Uh, you know, Reedy's been going on. Um, how's that been going? I mean, I think you guys, more so than the word union, you just want a voice, right? Yeah, you know, I I think when I posted that, I was 
I was sitting on the couch with tears in my eyes, you know. I'm not afraid to admit it. I was. I was just thinking about what the family's going through and how, what if, what if that was me, you know, what, what would my family be? I mean, it's, you know, devastating when you think about that stuff. Like, it just kills you. And uh, I agree. I, I, I probably jumped the gun, and, and, and I do know that in America, the word union is obviously a very controversial word right there. And... I don't think union's the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I said union was actually when I was racing the FIM GPs, we had what we call a riders' union. It wasn't a real union, but it was where, yeah, where we'd have a couple nominated guys per weekend, and we'd rotate them out. So it was never the same people. They would do the track walk with the the promoter, the local promoter, the officials, um, and pretty much we had a channel of communication. So instead of forty guys going barking down people's throats right. and giving 20 different opinions, there was a channel of communication where there were a couple guys that went forth on behalf of the writers. Mm-hmm. And it's more formalized, it's more, um, it gets taken more seriously, and it's not chaotic. And, um, you know, I think for a long time in so many sports, there, there, there's something, whether it's a union or a player's ink, mm-hmm. or, um, but there's something that involves where we get to say, and I think to to not to not just um, go. Oh, you know that jump was stupid, man. You know I knew someone was going to crash. Yeah. You know, and then you, then, you, yeah, then everyone's pissed right. about it, and it's like, well, something should have been done. Well, if you don't have a system, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be the same same outcome uh, every week. And to answer your part of the question, how has the response been? It's been staggering. I mean, overwhelming. I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm having people call me and tell me, hey, you can throw my name on that ballot. You know, I'm in. Like, you know, mm-hmm. everyone feels the same way. I've had moms, dads, friends, team managers, sponsors, retired riders, pro riders, amateurs, whatever. Yeah. My email box is, is over full. I've had to charge my phone twice today because <laughs> I haven't got off it. And it's cool because right. it's like, okay, well, at least we got one thing straight so far is everyone feels like, they want to have this say, and we want everyone to have this say. We don't want to create a monopoly. We don't want to go in and start barking orders. Yeah. We want to be able to say to people, hey, you know, Jimmy Button's involved. We're probably going to meet down uh, sometime next week where anyone is welcome, and there's going to be a board meeting, and everyone's going to sit down and start tossing some ideas around, mm-hmm. and we want to do it the right way. And I think first and foremost, everyone has to be on the same page. And, and, and the good thing is, whether it's James Stewart, Chad Reed, Davey Millsaps, Ryan Villapoto, Sean Hamlin, myself. Matt Bonney here you know. in the studio. <laughs> um, and I haven't, I haven't even tried to contact. I mean, I don't have every guy's number in my phone. And, and, and it doesn't mean because right. if I haven't mentioned the name, it's probably because I just haven't talked to him. Not one person has said, hey, I don't want anything to do with it. Let me, Not one let, person. Let me ask you this. Uh, we had Ryan Villapoto on the show uh, last week, um, and you listened to the Chad Reach podcast, and we had him on the show both of those guys have said that they felt like there was no communication, that they weren't being listened to, um, that they didn't really know who was in charge. Are these? Is that? Is that what you felt too? Did you run into things like that? Yes, and that's what I was saying. You know, the problem is, let's say like, whether it's Daytona where I crashed. You know, we all, you know, several of us, um, um, multiple people, went and said, "Hey, this is." Not technical. It's 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 just dangerous, mm-hmm. and 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 I think the misconception is some people go well. One minute they say the track's too easy, then it's too tough. 
and, and I'm trying to explain, there's a difference between making it challenging and dangerous. I don't think anyone had the intention to make any of these things dangerous. Right. But what's, you know, these tracks are designed on a computer and on, on a piece of paper. And when they get built in reality, they don't always match up. And they, and they don't. You know, the, the, the track map you get in your hand is a guideline of what it should look similar to. But it's not, they don't follow it. Um, sometimes weather changes the layout. Sometimes the section doesn't pan out the way they were hoping. But I think the problem's been, it seems like we have a bunch of Indians and no chiefs. And, uh, you know, you got this guy going to someone at Felt. You got this guy bitching to someone at AMA, someone... Other riders going to someone who's from FIM, someone's bitching at the Dirtworks guy, and and you've got riders with, you know, not every rider's input or idea is going to be identical, and so you're getting, it's kind of just getting lost in translation, and that's one of one of the things I think that needs to happen is there needs mm. to be a, a set system, and until there's a system, that's what's going to happen. These things are just going to keep happening because, like I said, it kind of gets lost in translation. Right. And no one wants to hear riders bitching all day, every day. And, you know, some people have an attitude, and I've heard it before, and I'll be honest, it really gets on my skin when you get this, oh, you know, you guys get paid millions of bucks, deal with it. Well, first off, we're not getting paid millions of bucks if that's what people think. Maybe there's one or two people that are getting a little over a million, but, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are making... You know, when you compare the risk and the longevity of, of Supercross and motocross racing, there's other sports out there where people can play for three, four times as long, making ten times the amount. I don't want to hear this BS about money. It's got nothing to do with money. No, it doesn't matter how much money you have if, 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 if you're in a wheelchair or worse, you know, in a grave. I mean, and that's just the reality of it. And for whatever reason, like you said, whether it's the Internet and, and the world's becoming a smaller pace, place because of it, because you hear about more of it, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's the, the truth. I think the truth is jumps are getting bigger, bikes are getting faster, bikes are heavier. I agree. I, I swear, when you go over the bars on a four-stroke, that thing chases you. It's like <laughs> an angry dog. It just wants to kind of drill you in the ground. And a 240-pound dirt bike drilling and getting dropped out of the sky onto you, it hurts. And... You know, you look at Ivan with his collapsed lung. I, I never saw the actual incident on TV, but, you know, I think why maybe some people are so upset is they saw Chad, after winning the heat race, saying that needs to change. And guess what? It took out two of the top five riders. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that we can point fingers at anyone in particular because no one really knows, Is you know, do you go to, do you go to, do you go to, to the people from Salt? Do you go to the FIM? Do you go to the AMA? Do you go to Dirtworks? Well, uh, Kenny here, yeah. the team manager. I mean, Kenny's said the same thing. I'm I'm a media guy, so it doesn't really matter. But Kenny, as a manager here, has said the same thing. He's not quite sure, right, Kenny, who to who to talk to. I mean, yeah, it, it's you know, just like I was going to ask you, Grant. I mean, I'm not sure what to do half the time, but all I know is the uh, when that. The, do you think that section when they changed it, where you crashed, the way it was the first time before they switched it in the first practice was safer than what they had, the way they. they I think it was. I think it was safer before they changed it. I, I, I do, too, because what looked like to me that you guys could clear that where you, instead of jumping in that knuckle and jumping off, that you guys could just get all the way over it. And it was faster, for sure. It looked, I mean, you guys were going way faster through that section, but it was, I thought it was safer. But Yeah, and, and you know, basically what happened there was, is I even said, I said, hey, if you guys don't fix that, someone's going to get seriously hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I had to open my mouth and it happened to be me. But, you know, um, when I when I was watching the video footage back, I kept trying to go on that section to the middle middle to right. And I I kind of have a bit of a problem when, when you've got a track that's, you know, 30 feet wide, but you, you can't use 15 feet on the left because everyone's getting bucked over the bars. Right. You know, a track, in my opinion, should be, you, sh- you should be able to hit a triple jump anywhere on the face. And I think sometimes the way the tracks are finished, it seems a little lazy. And and I think that the, the attention to detail is, is not where it needs to be. And I said to them, I said, you know, the pocket where I crashed, I said, it should be like a step. It should be straight and then a slope up. I said, having that like banana in the middle, mm-hmm. it's hard to get into that pocket and go off. And I said, it would be so easy to drag your foot pegs and go to the bars. I saw Purcell do what I did. But he probably landed a foot further yeah, I see on the landing of the yeah. down ramp, and he, his front wheel rolled down. But he was literally an identical carbon copy of what I did. No. And, um, and also, too, we should point out that's not Dirtworks Building Daytona. That's uh, Mark Barnett, uh, exactly. different crew. Yeah, just, no, just, no. Just for I, 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 I agree out. with you, and I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. I, yeah. I didn't even think about that. But but what my, my point is is, you know, half the people wouldn't even know what Mark Barnett looked like. You know, yeah, he was a successful guy in his day, but. I haven't seen him in years, and I only know his name and seen him on TV with a helmet. Like, I wouldn't know where to find the guy. And and do I find him, or, or do I go to the FIM? Do I, you know, and that's what I'm getting at is it seems like there's not a structure. Mm-hmm. And my goal here is not to go and start hammering on, on everyone. I just think that until everyone knows what what their position is and who what the chain of command is, um, that's what's happening is things are getting lost in translation and you've got riders getting upset, you've got officials getting upset, you've got FIM, you know, AMA, whatever, and, and it just seems like, um, you know, there's a lot of kind of bitching but not a lot of solutions. And I think if we get something formalized, I, you know, there's a lot of things I want to see, you know. It, I own a bike shop. I see people come in and they buy a helmet based on the sick graphic design. And I'm like, do you even know the safety rating on that helmet? <laughs> Oh well, it's 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 got a stick on the back. Right. I said, well, a piece of styrofoam gets a stick on the back these days. I'm like, if your son crashes on that, uh, I don't want to sit here and tell you, yeah, yeah, you're gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. And I want to see, I want to see all the helmets have to, you know, you know, when you buy a a, 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 a beverage or or it's got the label on the back that lets you know what's in there. Yeah. Like, hey, they're basically telling you, hey, don't 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 come sue us when you're right. obese if you're gonna sip on this soda all day or eat a bag of M&M's at night time. I think that a lot of the problem, too, is when I tell parents, hey, that helmet actually doesn't have a good safety rating, they look at me like, oh, really? But it's 300 bucks. I'm like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they slap the sticker on and they bump the price up. I know. <laughs> and I, I really feel like a lot of the times people are left in the dark, you know, I know this neck brace thing, you know, people might be sitting here and going, well, hey, hang on a second, this guy's pushing for safety. What a hypocrite. He doesn't wear a neck brace. Well, you know what? When when I, when I try to get information from, from Liette, from test results, they didn't want to puff it up. And I, I, I said, I, so I you, want, you, you want, want me to wear something and back yeah. something that I have no idea what, what, what the outcome is? But they're like, oh, it's a neck brace. It'll save your neck. Uh, yeah. You know, save your neck. Mm-hmm. So. Parents are getting guilt trips into buying a thousand dollar neck brace into something. Does it work? I have my own opinion on it, but I'm not against them. I, I, I right. think that these things are a good, good starting point and could be developed and, and, and move forward. But um, 
I think I think helmet safety standards need to be up. I think um, you know the Jesse Masterpool uh, incident. You know, I was actually talking to um, Amy Hahn, Will, Will and Tommy's mom, who's good friends with with uh, Tara uh, Masterpool, the mom, and they were saying, you know, they had some ideas, and I, and they said, can, can we share them with you? I said, absolutely. We want to hear this stuff. We're not just here to try and help us as pros. We want to try and set a standard that trickles through whether you're a, a local uh, vet rider doing the SoCal series or whether you're in South Africa or GPs or an amateur. I want to try and see this become a universal thing. And, um, you know, they had a good point. They said, you know, there's thousands of amateur kids at an amateur race, and they have an EMT or an EMT group. Their job is to stabilize and transport an injured rider. You know, mm-hmm. there's no one there that can do, um, I always screw the name up, a tracheotomy, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. cut the throat. And, you know, the reality is if, 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 if we could find a way, and it's probably going to take some, some, some fundraising and maybe trying to get some riders to dig into their pocket and some, maybe some sponsors to try and help out to improve this. But I can't believe that there's no one qualified to save someone's life at an event with three, two, three thousand kids. Mm-hmm. You know, to me that's just, and, and that's not saying like, oh, you know, that that's the promoter's fault or someone's fault, but these are things that are just falling through the cracks. Right. And it's uh, a difference between life and death. So where, where are we, where are we going from now, from here now? You're going to meet with, uh, uh, Jimmy Button and uh, some riders next week and, and get something on paper, get something going? Is that where we're at now? Well, well, what we want to do is, and, and obviously we, I'm, I'm sure we can use a website to, to let people know where and when. Right. It, 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 it's, it, it's literally going to be, if you, if, you, if you want to be there, you know, whether it's you, know, you Steve Mathis, as a journalist, whether it's Kenny Watson as a team manager, um, whether it's a rider, a, a mom, mm-hmm. uh, a mechanic, it doesn't matter. It's it's not you got to be a somebody to show up. You know, I don't. Right. Well, that's the one thing I want to make people realize is we're we're all in this together, and we're all just trying to keep this wonderful sport as safe as possible. And it just seems to be getting you're hearing more and more sad stories, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm tired of hearing it. And I feel like you know, bikes have gotten faster, you know, jumps have gotten bigger, but the safety aspect is not quite keeping up. You know, I know like. The Asterix medical crew, the Asterix medical crew, has enforced the hats-off device. You know, and 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 you know what? I don't think anyone gave them any stick about it because, you know, when we found out what the reality was, there was no downside, and it was only going to help. They used it to remove my helmet in Daytona, um, and if that saved one spinal injury, that thing would be worth being enforced upon everyone's helmet. That's my feeling, mm-hmm. and um, and so you know, we want to we want to give people the opportunity to voice their opinion and uh, we want suggestions we want we want to be able to vote a board of directors you know maybe i think we need riders and non-riders you know yeah. I, I would love to try and um put you know you know we got jimmy button support already you know he said hey you know this is something that i've wanted to see for a long long time and we're going to have attorneys involved and lawyers and we're going to have it structured the right way we'll come up with a name i can't i you know, maybe it'll be something like Rider Safety Association. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, have you have you spoken to Feld about it? Have any, has anybody contacted you about that? I imagine your post on Vital uh, might have made a few ears perk up. Um, I'm sure it did. You know, I haven't spoken to anyone directly. Mm-hmm. I I I did send a text message and said, "Hey, you know, I just want you guys to know what we're wanting to do." 
yeah. we're not trying to go to war with anyone. Right. Um, you know, and, and and I would hope I would I would love to see them show up to this meeting and and hear what we say and put in their their uh, opinions and 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 that's the only way it's going to work because right. I don't think going in and kicking and screaming and no you know it's not. threatening to boycott mm-hmm. or, or 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 really upset the apple cart is the way to do it. We do have people's attention right now, and I'm glad that you know I I, I happen to be talking to Chad today on the phone and. Even he was kind of, I think, happy that James had uh, uh, tweeted him yeah. mm-hmm. and said, you know, whatever we've had, whatever, but, you know, we all need to be together on this to wow. improve the safety. And I was like, yes, you know, if right. guys that don't particularly like each other that much on the track and get together, <laughs> yeah. this is going to work. Next, um, next thing you know, it's going to be a uniformed vote and it's got to be you know one for all and all for one yeah. and that's always hard when you got a lot of personalities and a lot of people involved for sure. but i think the reality is everyone has the same goal in mind we all race we all risk our lives we do love what we do we want that to be exciting you know i feel like maybe if we had started this a year ago like 2009 i have a feeling that we'd all be going to vegas super excited to find out who's going to be the national champion in supercross yeah um and and I and, and I think that's another benefit. You know, there should be more guys on the track right now, and I think there should uh, be this amazing championship going down to the wire. And unfortunately, it didn't pan out that way. So ultimately, all these things are going to benefit the promoters, the TV, the fans. I think are going to get a, uh, more enjoyment out of it. They're going to, you know, it, it sucks when you just, you know, go online and go, oh, look at the injury list. It's the only thing that's growing. Yeah. Hey, and, you, you, uh, you, can you take some calls? We got our lines are lit up here. You want to take some calls? Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's take line two here. Paul Pemex show. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Sean again. Hey, playing Sean. Hasbin tonight. Hey, uh, yeah, exactly. You're you're trying to be like Hasbin. We understand. Uh, you have a question for Grant Langston? Yeah, Grant. Uh, those are some great ideas you got going now. Great to hear somebody stepping up and taking care of the problems. And, uh, I was curious about expectations for your nationals this year, and did you ever get your stolen bikes back? Uh, Good question. Uh, you know Thank what's you. funny is uh, I do have one bike back. Uh, it was my 2006 West Coast Championship Pro Circuit bike. Um, you know, a lot of people have actually asked, and at times I almost forget about it because I, <laughs> I get so overwhelmed with things, that it seems, lately. But um, I did get that one back. The police believe that they're onto the guys that are just trying to lay low and keep everything hidden. But yeah. they're staking out places and they're on the look. And as soon as the, the other one, as soon as they think the dust is settled and they come out with it and and and, and it's visible, I think mm-hmm. these guys are going to get taken down. Uh, at least that's what the police believe. So I still have my spirits up to get the other one. Um, you know, Mitch did offer to to build me a replacement one, which I was very appreciative. But Obviously, there's nothing like the original. No. Uh, and then to ask you a question for the outdoor nationals, what are my expectations? You know, I I feel like outdoors, I'm comfortable. That's that's definitely my stronger side of, of racing. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure like a few other guys out there, you know, I want to go and contest that championship. And I, and I li- would like to believe that I'm going to be a regular podium guy. And, um, you know, just... Uh, you, you know, they're all saying you got to be in it to win it. You know, 2007 was a good example. You yeah. know, I struggled for a while, and I'm glad I never gave up because it, I 
times I just was so mentally drained and frustrated. But I kind of wish you had. Like, I wish you had. Things just started out. clicking, yeah. and then it was like a Cinderella story. So, you know, I, I know you've got to be there every moto, every mm -hmm. year. I know everyone says the same things, but it's the reality. Every championship I won, I finished every moto. If, uh, and every other championship, I was never even close in it because I was hurt. So, I mean, for me, it's either one, or, one way or the other. So, most importantly, I've got to be there, and I really believe that I'll build momentum as well. And um, I'd like to hope to see myself in a position to contest for that if championship. You, uh, if you had given up, Tim Ferry might be the national champion right now. But but I digress. Anyways. Uh, I know, I know. It burns your ass, uh, doesn't it? 702-586-7857, <laughs> Pulp. We only have a few more minutes here with uh, with Grant Langston. Let's uh, let's take a call here. Pulp MX Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's John Nelson out in L.A. Hey, John, what's going on? Thanks for uh, for listening, man, and uh, thanks for all your help with the site. And uh, you have a question for GL? Yeah, I just uh, I, I missed most of the sector in L.A. traffic, but I heard a little bit of what he's saying and just wanted to see if uh, are they going to use MotoGP and even FMX uh, kind of formed a group after Jeremy Lusk passed away. Um, do they use any of those for models for their new system? or? I, I think well, so, yeah. absolutely. Uh, John, that's a good question. That was actually something that we had uh, discussed with, um, that I just discussed a little earlier with Jimmy Button. Um, we want to definitely explore and find out whether it was Formula One. I know, I know in, in motor racing, you know, you know, it took for Dale Earnhardt's death to, to make NASCAR uh, step back and, and look at, you know, what needed to be done. And they've made some significant changes. Cause I've seen some mm -hmm. horrific crashes, way worse than Dale Earnhardt's. And the guy gets out and waves at the fans. You're like, well, that's awesome. You know, the car's totaled, but the guy's fine. You know, uh, John Force became very vocal in NHRA um, after his teammate died. Um, I know in Formula One growing up, I was a big fan of Edmund Senna, and, and his death was a, was a very sad day for me. And, you know, every form of, of motorsports, at least, has used steps and, and a system to, to step in the right direction. Because if we don't, we're the ones that are at risk. So if we don't say anything, it's just going to slip through the cracks. I don't want to say that the promoters or, or the people running the tracks don't care, but, you know, it's that old saying. If you don't, if you don't say anything, they don't know. Um, right. And you're right, you know, uh, we, we, we do have people doing investigations on the NBA, you know, what, what they did with their players, you know, the NFL, um, because we want to learn what, what, what benefited the mistakes they made so we can try and avoid some of them. And we just want to, we just want to be able to speak, uh, you know, have our voice heard. And we don't want to come in and be like Hitler and try and have a dictatorship. But we feel that no one's ever come to us and said, what do you think? Is the track safe? What do you think about this? What do you think about the helmets? You know, um, all these changes, you know, it seems like we're just kind of, contracted to race, you know, and if we say, well, we don't want to race, well, we don't get paid and we could lose our rides, but we've always been forced into just going with the flow, and I think at this point now with the injuries and especially losing a dear friend, um, I think people's feelings have changed a little bit where it's like, you know what, we are going to tell you what we think, and we hope that you listen and work with us so that this can be a smooth transition and it'll take time and it's going to take money and it's going to take uh, a lot of effort from a lot of people but i think ultimately is to to save lives and injuries and i really really believe that we can make a difference i don't think we're ever going to prevent our sport from you know people getting injured 
But you know what? If a guy breaks his arm, that's the worst thing we hear about. Right. That's a good day in racing, you know? Well, John, when you hear some of these other stories, yeah. um, it, it's, it's devastating. And as a racer and a father, um, you know, it hits, it hits a little too close to home to just sit back and just go with the flow. Uh, John, you got any other questions, or is that it? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, you know, hey, Grant, you know, let the fans know how they can support you guys because ultimately we want to see you on the track. It's like, I don't want to, you know, I hate that, you know, injured rider list. It's, it, it is yeah. painful to look at, you know? Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that, you know, and, and, and I've seen a lot of, a lot of comments um, on, on the website of the post I did. Um, like I said, I did that at the time. Uh, I've never been one to go and chat a bunch online, but I, was, I, I, I can honestly say I think I read every comment that anyone put out there. So if anyone's listening, I did read and listen. And some people already gave suggestions, ideas. Um, the support was great. And, and, and the fans, knowing that we got the fans behind us, that's great because that's, that's what our sport's about. Without fans, it's, uh, yeah. there is no sport. Great. And that's sport in general. And uh, I, you know, I, I say to anyone, you know, if, if you want, you know, put your ideas through on an email, forward them on, um, come, come to a meeting that w- we're going to make a public announcement. Um, obviously, we, the, the room and the, and the conference room is not going to potentially uh, support everybody, but we will make it work, and we want to hear what people have to say, and I'm just glad that you've mentioned on the air that the fans are behind us because that's a huge deal. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're with the fans. We want to be out there. I don't, I mean, believe me, I don't like sitting in hospital and going through surgery. If anyone thinks that we enjoy the time off or that we're kicking back on the couch, they're, they're dreaming. We're working harder when we're away from the track because we're playing catch-up and just trying to walk again off your injured knee or, or you know, get back on the bike. It's hard because you've got to start from ground zero again. It's a lot of work. It's a lot easier to be injury-free and go week after week. You build momentum. And, uh, you know, I, I know some of the riders have mentioned that, you know, they feel like, you know, we do a lot of races. We, we don't have much of an off-season. And, and it seems like sometimes the transition from Supercross to outdoors, it's like Supercross, 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 Supercross. Oh, shoot. Uh, outdoors is coming. Okay, outdoor testing, testing, testing. And I've heard from multiple riders that are on the bench right now and are racing just saying, like, man, like, we are just, you know, dying here i mean we're just overworked it's it's gnarly and um so it's, it's definitely um something that we want to hear and um we're going to come up with a system and we're going to hopefully have maybe some email addresses and that that will be posted where you can send um uh, questions or concerns or or suggestions or anything uh because we want to feel like this is everyone had a chance to make a difference all right well hey well said thank you john for calling in thanks and, uh, and hey, hey, Grant, we're out of time. We're, we got to get to our next guest, but uh, no problem. Thank you for coming on, man. Some great points, and uh, and I really would like to see, you know, something come up where a guy gets up on, on on a podium at riders' meeting and says, "Hey, here's my cell phone number. You know, here's the the riders' safety yep. guy's cell phone number. Please call me. Please come to buy." And, and uh, like you said, maybe rotate it so so one guy isn't totally responsible for the. For the deal. Exactly. And, uh, and exactly. Matt, you know, what do you, what do you think? I would like to see a board where we have, like I said, some riders and even right. people that don't ride anymore or maybe retired. I'd love to, I haven't had the chance, but I'd love to talk to maybe someone like McGrath or, or Brock Lover right. or you know, people that are in our sport that have a huge amount of respect and following to, to give an outsider's opinion. You know, they've right. been through it. You know, they've probably seen the same thing like, hey, this is getting 
these these injuries and 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 and, and even deaths now they keep climbing. Um, no one wants to see that. We all love what we do. We love yeah. the sport, and and I don't want to see kids getting hurt. I hope that the next generation, the next wave, have things better than we had it. And um, you know, it's happened in every form of motor sport. It's had it's taken for some serious injuries and deaths to to change the face right. of sport. And uh, you know, I think I think it's our time now to step up. And I feel I feel like I'm super motivated. And I think a lot of people feel the same way because. You know, not just with Andrew McFarlane. I think that was just the, the, the final touch. It just kind of made me feel like, you know what, you know, whether people like what I have to say or not, I have got to make sure that people are more aware of what's going on and we, we improve safety features and we have a better chain of command and a better system. And I, I'm telling you, we can, we can go a long way with I, this. I agree. And you guys are off to a flying start. Matt Bonney, uh, you're, you're happy about this, I imagine. You're on board. Yeah, definitely, and I had thoughts about trying to start something like that, but, you know, it's, it's going to be really nice once this takes off. There's no doubt in my mind that we need this. We are underpaid, underpaid for the sports that we do, and, you know, it's not as safe as it should be. Like Grant's been saying, everything's evolved except for our protection, except for everything like that. Right, no, uh, exactly, and, uh, and Grant always uh... – Always a classy guy. Thank you uh, for the interview and um, get me the information. Get Transworld Racer X all the information you want, and we'll, let's get behind this yep. and, and, and get everybody a voice. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Uh, thanks, Kenny. Uh, and uh, Matt, good luck this weekend, and thank you guys. And we will, and we will keep the public noticed because I think the public also feel like they want to be involved, and they can be. Doesn't mean if you're not a famous racer that you don't have a say. So this is definitely going to be something that will be evolving, and you will be reading about it online. And, um, you know, we're going to make this as fair as we can and give everyone an opportunity to say, hey, we've all got our comments. We all have our feelings. Let's all get them out on the open and see what's important and tackle the important things first and take them one step at a time. Well said. Well, we'll we'll help you any way we can. Thank you. Right on, GL. Thanks, guys. All All right, right, boys. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. GL. Uh, awesome man awesome. of man awesome. of many awesome. words. Um, I think it's a good idea. We've all talked about that. Yeah, I'm and, kind uh, of. Uh... And we've all said uh, we're going to commercial. Sorry, Kenny, but what, what do you got something to say or no? We're gonna go out with some new order right now. You guys enjoy the new order. Do you actually and, uh... know that's new order? Come on, guy. <laughs> I'm impressed. All right. Well, we'll be right back on the uh, Paul by Mech show. X-Brand goggles are the result of over 25 years of experience in the eyewear business, and the product has been race-proven at the highest levels. For 2010, X-Brand has Mike Alessi, Moto Concepts Yamaha, Josh Strang, and many others wearing the Gox and Gox Liquid Performance eyewear. X-Brand goggles are exclusively distributed by MTA. Check out our complete line of goggles at your local dealer or at thexbrand.com. Hey, Kenny, right now I want to talk about one of the sponsors, uh, the new sponsors of the Pulp MX show, a guy who's come on board recently. That would be the Racer's Edge, uh, otherwise on the web as TREMX.com, a uh, Simi Valley mail-order powerhouse. And uh, you actually go back with these guys. Yeah, we go back a long ways. These are the original Racer's Edge. I mean, I go over the co- all over the country, and I've seen the Racer's Edge on you know people's box trucks and other stores. But this is the one and only Racer's Edge. Um, throughout the years, they've helped out riders like Kyle Lewis, Brian Deegan, Brian Swing, Billy Payne, Paul Curry. 
Tyler Evans, Casey Johnson, Scott Sheik, Phil Lawrence, Mike and Jeff Alessi, Kerry Hart, Ronnie Feist, Sink Mars, wow. Timmy Wiegand, and the list goes on. And the cool thing is, all it takes is a phone call or email, order something, and you're on their team. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. You had a small Simi Valley powerhouse shop that uh, stepped up and helped us out. And uh, you can check them out at TREMX.com. Remember, anything over 100 bucks is free shipping. So uh, keep that in mind as well. It's your one-stop moto shop for everything that you need. And if you pulp, if you type in Pulp MX Show, all caps, you will get an extra discount on your order, Kenny. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. Well, hit them up. These guys will take care of you. And when they say it's going to be there, it's there. No BS. There you go. Right from Kenny Watson. Support them. TREMX.com. And we're back on the Pulp MX Show. We're coming back in with New Order, Kenny Watson. Uh, big fan of New Order. Who knew? Huge. I, I didn't. I didn't know that. Hey, Kenny, real quick, because uh, once again you were uh, not here on time to do this commercial and record it. But let's talk about one of our sponsors, JGRMX um, Motors and Suspension. You uh, you've seen the results on the track with Burn. Josh Grant is killing it by all uh, by all means. And don't and- forget. Uh- JB23. Uh, I told you that guy would do good. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. So uh, you can send out, not, ju- not just working on Yamahas either, Watson, working on all brands, yes, uh, motors and suspension, uh, an emerging force in the uh, aftermarket field. And also, I've never been there, but everybody I talk to says their shop is just out How of could you go wrong with JGR to have them do your stuff? I yeah. mean, they're proven on the, on, the, on the car track, multi-winners, champions, and now they're stepping across the line into you know mods for motocross, motorcycles, mm-hmm. here, you know off road everything. Yeah. I mean they have the guys there, they have the technology, they have the stuff. And Give uh, them a shot. Thank you, and check them out at jgrmx.com. I forget their amateur kid, but they have one of the top amateur kids running their running their stuff. So right now we're going to have our next guest on the line, and that would be DMXS's DMXS Radio's David Iser. Uh, before we dial up Iser though, Bonnie, I did want to ask you. Uh, this is an all all in or, or no, nobody in thing, right? This riders safety committee. I mean, can you see a point down the line where someone maybe doesn't go? I mean, do you just beat them up if they're trying to, you know? If yes, <laughs> just strong arm, strong yeah. arm everybody. Yes. But that's a good point that you just said. You know, it's gonna be something that we are gonna have to stay unionized on. To where if we're not happy, we can't all say we're not gonna race, and then a privateer, triple digit guy, or anybody just goes out there and tries to win. Yeah, you know what I mean. We all have to stay unionized, and we have to stay close and on communication. Good points. Let's uh, get David Iser on here. And, well, uh, it happened before when the lights went out in Vegas. Yeah, you were there. I wasn't there. Then, I was but, there, uh, dude. <laughs> and my guy did not ride that night. Who was your guy? My guy was, was Scott Sheik. Scott Sheik in '95. No, yeah. excuse me, Brian Deegan, '95. Brian Deegan. Yeah, we were already we were already at the bar. <laughs> How was the lighting? Uh, you reached David Iser. I'm away from my phone. David Eiser not answering the phone from DMX. The, light, despite it, it, knowing the, the, the lights the that they brought out, it was like driving on the freeway at 2 o'clock in the morning and they're doing road construction. It was those type of lights. Yeah. More important question, how was the bar that night? <laughs> uh, the bar was on fire. I think me and Deegan were about six lap dances in by the time the main event went off. <laughs> I would have called on the cell phone and checked out, but that was before cell phones. Do you think if you're a fro, the, it's a little hollow for winning your first ever Supercross? No, because people half the people don't even know. They see it in the books, and they don't know it's the nights the lights went out, and half the hit, you know, McGrath and the rest of the guys did not race. And the championship was pretty much already, yeah. you know, he pretty much had it locked anyway, right, so right. it was no big deal. And did they cut the laps even? Do you remember that? Mm-mm. No, I guess you weren't there. You were getting lap dances. No, there. I know they didn't. We left We left right after everyone, you know, said, hey, and we're so, not going to ride. 
What was the feeling like when when the riders were like, "Hey, we're not riding," and then what does AMA do? Headed by Roy Jansen, I believe. Yeah, at the it time. was Roy, and, and you know, and how does was, that go? He was heated. He was very upset and pissed. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it it is what it was, and then that was the first time that I think everyone sticked together. But there were still those few people that went out and did their deal. I mean, I think Heath Foss got fourth that night. I really do. I no, think no, was... no, not not ninety five. Okay, like Somo know. did or somebody though. Somebody, like... someone off, someone off the radar. Yeah, but hey, yeah. it, it was what it was. It was one of those deals where you know people you know stuck behind what they were going to say, and you know this they, they were standing up for the rider's safety. Mm-hmm. And you know I wanted to ask Grant this, but what happens if a guy doesn't want to go? You know what I mean? Like you guys were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened before. Um, when the bank robber, James Eichel, tried to <laughs> form a union, and he got escorted out of the facility and off of the track and, and out of the pits, and they said they were going to arrest him for trespassing. He was trying to form a union. We were having a meeting, and they came up right to when we were having the meeting, and they said anyone runs these stickers or is in, it takes part of this meeting will not race tonight. Which goes back to when you really? have... That was Tampa in 96. Which goes back to we just need to change the wording and be not yeah. so much in union, but a group and speak as one without 50 guys all yelling at different people. And yeah, I think, responses. and Grant touched on that. It's not going <coughs> to be like a, a, a massive, uh, uh, you know, a union thing. But um, let's see if this is, uh, this could be our guest, David Iser, calling back. I doubt it. Paul Show, you're on the air. Who's this? this is, I'm the call 98 that I win the Creed tickets. You got it. Where do we send it? Oh, my God. Creed, are you kidding me? Da- David Iser from DMXS calling us back. I can't believe you stiffed us the first time. Hey, dude, did you, did I, did you not, are you supposed to call my home number, right? I did. I did. That was my cell number. Yeah. See, I told Mathis. He thinks he knows everything. He made a mistake. You're not on my level. And he cannot say ever he was wrong. I apologize. apologize. I made a mistake. Um, uh, Yes, I made a mistake. Anyway, hey, bud, how's it going? What's going on in Georgia? I'm doing well. Thank you for uh, for having me on. I'm a long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Sweet. Hey, you know you know who we have in studio, right? One of your all time favorites. What's that? You know we have uh, uh, one of your all time favorite guests in studio here tonight, just for you. Who's that? The boner. The boner. That's right. I was just taking a dump, reading his two tribes like like two days ago, and nice. Race Rex, and nice. I, that was great reading. Thank you, thank you, boner. Um, You're welcome. I try to do the best to entertain people and. You know, since I just can't get a call from DMXS to be on the show, I had to, you know, just kind of outsource it, and this is my second outsource second it. thing. And, um, you know, I'm really happy here. I feel like I have a home. What was, what was funny is I'm, I'm doing the track walk with you in Dallas, and I'm saying, hey, man, your agent's, you know, I'm trying to hook up, get an interview, and you're like, uh, he's not my agent, don't call him anymore, call me, you know, gave me yeah, the, the uh, direct line. So and I guess I was trying happened. to go through different people to get you on. And let's, uh, let's for the record, uh, how long have you been doing DMXS for? How long? Uh, this fall will be 10 years. Okay, 10 years. You never had Kenny Watson on. Until Matt just set it up. Yes, I just want to say, and, uh, and I knew he would be gold, and, uh, and you called me afterwards and said, man, I had no idea Watson was like that. You know what's fu- funny, and I'm sure people uh, will, can relate to this. Kenny's an intimidating dude. He is. Uh, he know. is. I mean, he he kind of has that persona in the pits. I remember walking through the pits one time with Mike Rocco after he crashed in a heat. Uh, they actually had semis back then. He crashed in a semi race, and he's walking through the pits after the race. Nobody's around. He's not on a mule or anything. And there's a buffer of ten feet. Nobody would get anywhere near him. Mm-hmm. 
and that's kind of the Kenny Watson buffer. That dude's got a got an intimidation buffer that kind of you know puts it out there. So I, I was intimidated to get him on the show. Well, that's and then we had a call earlier on. I'm not sure if you were listening, but I said he said he talked to Kenny at Seattle, and I was like, how did he look? Because I know I the Watson buffer, but the caller said he was cool. He waited for Kenny to smile a little bit, and then he made his move. And, and that was one of the best interviews ever. I mean, he his. Uh, his straightforward talk, fans loved it. I mean, he was an instant DMXS classic, and and uh, and we loved it. Then he went out and got on uh, his own show with you. Now he's never going to be back on DMXS. Hey, ever. I told you. You know, you said you wanted to have me back as a regular, and Mathis just gobbled me up, man. Dude, hey, he gobbled well, me up Mathis like a cheeseburger. I think we, he kind of got a little bit butt hurt. He's like, uh, uh-uh. Kenny's my dude. Well, I, he, he's my find, and he's cultivated that talent. I mean, he he he's, uh, he was fighting hard for you, Kenny. Uh, yeah, he tried to pull like Roger did with Dungey. I found him. I found him, and which I, was total uh, bullshit. I uh, funny thing was Watson. I was just watching Minneapolis '99, yeah. and you. I'm in the pit wearing my Nolene shirt, and you're you and I are talking in the back of the pit. I don't know what you were working for Factory Phil, I think. In yes, sir. Yes, Phil Lawrence, ninety. We're talking. We're talking in the back of the, uh, the 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 scene. You know, Skip is in the front, and we're in the back. But you can totally see us talking and not even watching the race. This is how. This is. Yeah, we were probably talking about what we were going out after. Yeah, maybe, maybe because <laughs> our guys were probably like backmarkers, going, "This is gay. Uh, Let's get out of here." Tim Ferry, top privateer that year. Not not a backmarker at all. Yeah. You whatever. worked for Tim Ferry. I did. What about <laughs> Nick Way? Do you know Nick Way? Top privateer, two thousand and two. Whoa. Um, I, I've, I've heard the most of show tonight, and I have to say, I love the tension. I love the, the, the you know, the, the beginning, beginning off. I mean, it's like, you know, the one-upsmanship, the uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not on his level. I mean, you guys are basically having, having a pecking order right away. I let, like how this let, is establishing itself. Let me ask you, the veteran of these moto shows, uh, you work with a guy named Kevin Kelly, who oftentimes seems as if he's not really paying much attention to the show. Um, uh, what's that like? What do I need to do? Because I have a guy here that uh, is on his phone, and he uh-huh. re- he re- he's reading old motocross magazines, and he's, what do I got to do? Tell me. Give me some advice. Well, I can tell you what. Kevin Kelly, funny guy, one of my best friends, mm-hmm. he could be a complete cock. He, during, during, <laughs> a, during a show, he can, he can zone out. He gets zoned out into the chat room. Once we start the chat room. Oh, I got one, too. I got one yeah. just like that, yeah. So he basically is a chat room monkey. He's all over. He's he's responding. He's he's tapping on the keyboard, mm-hmm. and I'm like, focus. And then the dumbass will jump in and then ask the same question I asked eight minutes ago. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you know, stay, you know, stay focused. But right. but uh, but he, you know, he and I are are yin and yang, and um, I've. I've I've given up. I've actually talked to you about that, Mathis. I've given up trying to trying yeah. to uh, trying to change him. Just as I'm the anal one, he's the uh, you know we're definitely the odd couple. couple. So I should I should give up. Watson's like a wild horse. I can't break. Is that? Is that Dude, kinda... are you kidding me? I mean, think about it. At this point in his life, man, that, he's set in stone. That's yeah. it. No, that you got an excellent point there. Hey, let me ask you. Besides Watson, uh, who's been your best guest? Who's consistently delivering for you? Um, I will have to say this. This is kind of an off the you know off the cuff deal, but but Roger DeCoster, we've always said that that on the show we, he's like he takes a truth serum question because for for the many many years and times he's been on the show he has never once dodged the question. Wow! And uh, he he literally and he, you might not like the answer he's going to give you, but he he never dodges a question. Talking about salaries, you know, I mean whether it's rider salaries, why he didn't sign somebody, why he wanted to sign somebody. Mm-hmm. Talking about Japan budgets, uh, you know, he's he's and he actually laughs. I mean, people don't think that Roger has a you know has a very good sense of humor, but I, I don't think you know, so. He, no, yeah, I yeah, he, he he does lighten up a a little bit, and and uh, of course David Bailey, um, he's just. We call him like between he and Wygant. They're like the Alec Baldwin, 
and the uh, Steve Martin of DMXS. They oh, both yeah. c- competing for the most times on. I think they're like 30, 30 times each or something. But right. um, those two guys are, are always fun. And uh, and who was your first guest ever? May I just ask? Just I'm just curious. Tim Ferry. Oh, there we go. First guest ever, Watson Tim Ferry on DMXS. Tim Ferry and Ronnie Tishner. Do you have any yeah. Ronnie Tishner stories, Watson? You already asked me that. You have to oh. go back to the archives to hear it. Okay, I already asked you that one. <laughs> you um, should ask Bonnie that because that was Bonnie's trainer. It was? Ronnie Tishner has yeah. taught him how to let the clutch out slow. Wow. He's get a good solid feed off of it. He was a good starter, Tishner. I just pop it. It hasn't, <laughs> hasn't come off yet. I'm still in the very back of the pack. It's not because of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think uh-huh. it's me. <laughs> um. So, Iser, hey, let's talk real quickly. Uh, well, at first, hey, what would you think of Langston's uh, Riders Union, Riders Safety thing? Uh, well, I did listen th- to his interview on your show, and I yeah. think, it, I mean, I know it's only a certain amount of time, and I'm sure that over the next several weeks and months this will develop into a full-blown, you know, initiative where there will be more details to mm-hmm. fill in. And um, I, I, I do love, I mean, I, 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 to be honest with you, I, I really do like Rupert Pellet, you know, started that last year talking about, you know, his five-year plan for motocross. One mm-hmm. of the things he talked about is having a rider's voice, and, and things like this, and um, you know, I think that it's a great idea. And I, I, I like everybody says, you know, we hate that it took uh, somebody's death or something like that to to spark the, you know, be the catalyst for this mm-hmm. moving forward. But but um, you know, I, I'm I'm on board. I think it's going to you know be touchy, like you mentioned, you know, talking to Feld, and I don't know if Kenny was serious about getting his credentials pulled. I don't you know. know. Talk- I don't know either. Talk, talking about it, but uh, it will be touchy when it comes to when it comes to women or money. If you're messing with somebody's woman or somebody's pocket, um, you know things get touchy. And this is, you know, let's face it, when promoters think that it's going to affect their their bottom their bottom dollar, right. they're going to be defensive. I think Grant had a good point, though, going at it from a different angle and not just freaking out and saying it's about money and we're not going to ride and all that stuff. Yeah, right? and that's the whole thing. And I think that whoever, I think somebody on Vital right away posted, don't call it a union for God's <laughs> sakes because, you know, for 200 years in our country, that, you know, that's been a, a, a bad word. I mean, it's, it's a very controversial word. I think mm-hmm. that if they if they package it in a way where, you know, that the riders have, a, have their say, then I, I think that they'll, you know, everybody can be, you know, it could be a win-win. Right, right. Hey, Watson, did you know what Iser does for a living in his real life? I do, but I can't remember. I He's a bounty hunter. Bail bondsman. He's a bail bondsman who hires yeah. bounty hunters. That's so sweet. Isn't it? Dude, I, hey, I was thinking I about a, getting I into my that. Own, my own bonding company, and I yeah. do my own fugitive. Uh, my own fugitive hey, dude, if things don't work out for me, I, I was, and this is God's honest truth, that's something I always thought about doing. It is, uh, it, and, and Kenny, I'm telling you, half of, of picking up uh, or doing fugitive recovery, it's, it's all about um, hitting, hitting it hitting it with uh, with force and hitting it with intimidation. I mean, that, that that nullifies people pretty quick. You can have a guy, you know, 6'9", you know, 270 pounds, built like a linebacker, and you hit him with five guys dressed, you know, dressed up and all weaponed out, and he turns into a little, a little, a little kitten. Um, I mean, you've, you've got the look, man. I have no doubt you could do it. I like, I like, you know what I like the part about being the bounty? I like the stakeout. I love the challenge. Like you can get there, and you got to get there, and and, uh-huh. and do your investigation. Because yeah, I did. Yeah. Me and my girl, we watched. We watched arrest, that uh, arrest this week where we hit this house, and uh, if the if the address is on the warrant, if the if the uh-huh. defendant's address is on the warrant, you can kick the front the door right off the frame. If you know they're in there, and the and the person at the door says no, they're not. You know, boom, there goes the front door right off the frames, and then you just leave. You you fix it. Um, really? we, we surveilled this house for a few days. And I knew the guy was coming and going, mm-hmm. and we I, I checked in the back windows, and sure enough, I watched the dude sitting in the basement 
on the couch eating a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm on, I'm on the radio. I'm like, all right, all right, hit, hit, the, hit the front door. As soon as that front door is hit, that dude drops that ice cream and runs right into his predetermined hide in the closet. Oh, nice, nice. So I said, all right, come downstairs, come downstairs, take eight steps to the right, eight, tap on that door, yeah. there he is. Oh, no <laughs> in, way. In his, in his underwear uh, with ice cream running down his chin. You, uh, what's been the gnarliest, and we'll get back to motocross in a second here, but what's yeah. been, what's been the, uh, the gnarliest kind of stakeout or apprehension of a fugitive, fugitive apprehension you've been on? Yeah, well, I mean, I've, had, I've had the car windows uh, shot out. Um, I mean, it's, really? you know, when you, when you go and, and pick up some of these surly dudes, you know, they, like I always tell my, my recovery agents, when you pick up a guy, you have no idea what else he's wanted for. So he knows once he goes into the system that all those other warrants are going to pop. So right. he's, you, know, he, he, you might be going to pick him up for a DUI or a battery charge or something like that, mm-hmm. but he might be one for aggravated assault out of Florida or armed robbery or you know, something like that. So when these guys start fighting, then you know, you know they've, they've got more, more issues uh, uh, on the table than just your, just your one warrant. Kenny, are you ready to, uh, to deal with uh, windows getting shot out? Let's do it. I, I, you know, when I used to hang out with Tyler Evans, we used to have this uh, deal when uh, he was uh, in his heyday, um, he thought he was a little fifty cent type deal. He would yeah. he would he would drive around with his shirt off with a Gucci gun gun strap holster thing with a gun in his thing, and we'd drive down Sunset looking for his girlfriend. Oh yeah, I've been with him before, where his girlfriend was in front of us, and they were in a fight, and she was trying to ditch him, and he bought she was in an Escalade, and he was in his Range Rover, and I'm not shitting you, forty five miles an hour, just rear ended her, and, dude. It was bitch with his Gucci. Gun belt yeah, he thought he was like 50 cent or something. And it, I'm like, dude, come on, man. This is not I, – I, I, I'm a dirt bike manager, man. I'm not, I'm not no thug like this. And he goes, you just crossed the line, Watson. <laughs> Welcome dude, to my dude, world. That's why I tell people you're one step away from being, being a Dateline NBC special. And that sounded like that, that could have turned ugly pretty quick. Yeah, half the people on the show think I'm full of shit. But, hey, you know what? You can come live in my world. It's all good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that the, the whole bounty hunter thing and, and all that stuff, I mean, the, the picking up – People that aren't aren't methed out or coked out or uh-huh. you know on crack and all that stuff. I mean, I had a had a dude. I had a you know a assault rifle at, you know, about 20, 20 feet away from him, and I had a, had my laser lit up on his chest, and he still you know that that, that did not deter him. Wow. You know, he, he's he's about two days away from you know knowing that he's not going to have any more rocks and yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he's like, no, this ain't going to happen. And you know, and you you got a couple pounds of pressure on that trigger finger, and you're thinking this could you know this could this could get real. Yeah. This is this is yeah. how it's going to. How it's going to happen? It makes uh, it makes having trouble lining up a guest on DMXS maybe not that big of a deal. No, and that's why I tell people is you know and you know Matt, this is how these riders change their phone numbers and stuff all the time and yeah and they're like well, how'd you get my new number dude I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bounty hunter <laughs> <laughs> I can find you at any point at any time right now that's exactly it you know? has there been one guy uh, you can't get on the show that you want that you've tried and won't do it or can't do it or whatever. Like no, um, I, I think that we pretty much. I mean, you you basically with with your podcast, which I'm a I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I think that you've you've set kind of a new standard, like the, the Everts and some of the guys that you know that I've really you know as as a kid growing up and as a younger fan always always admired and wanted to have on the show. I mean, I've never really gone for the European guys and some of those guys I'd mm-hmm. I'd love to have, but. Um, you know, thank goodness I'm here in the South, and I grew up with Ricky and his family and James and their family, and you know, um, so I, I know these guys, and we kind of been in the hub here, you know, right. of, of uh, 
even though so you know SoCal's is uh, yeah. across heaven. I mean, hey, you can't call the South the hub of motocross when you got like two guys out of like no, no, thirty years been, of being racing. That even I said even though that SoCal is the hub, the hub of moonshine. Yeah, that's about yeah, where we've, your we've hub been is. fortunate to have you know. You know, Ezra and Shay and Matt Walker and, and Timmy and, and, and Ricky and, and Reedy and all those guys here. Uh, what about Boner? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. What about Bonnie? And, and, of course, Boner. I mean, you know, he, he gives a shit about, you know, not getting him on the show, and, and he was a, an amateur sensation. I mean, he was one of the guys talked about coming out of the amateur ranks, and um, there was no doubt that, you know, I was, uh, I was a huge fan and still is of that kid, and I'm just waiting for him to to, you know, live up to his damn potential. Well, hey, you're doing better than me because I can't get Ricky and I can't get Josh Hansen and I can't get Jason Lawrence. But you have Matt Bonney. But I got Matt Bonney. So you, you have to settle for the half potential. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, did I tell you how the last time we had a Lord, uh, Jason Lawrence on how we had to do it is he stood me up, which he's done a good six times. I've said, all right, that's it. I'm nobody's bitch. I will never ask him again, ever, ever, to be on the show. But the one time, the last time we had him on the show, he, he, I was talking to, to uh, Little Hanny, which I, I love Little Hanny. Everybody gives that kid shit, but I love him. And I said, all right, well, you know, J-Law's up next. Week. He goes, well, I'm sitting here having dinner with him. I'm like, what? He goes, I'm worried of Red Lobster in Temecula. I'm like, well, hand him the phone. So Jason Lawrence is like, no, I'm not going to talk to him. So he, he blows us off. Jason Wygant's in town. He's, he's on the show that night. He goes, I know where that, that Red Lobster is. Mm-hmm. Jason gets in his car, drives to the Red Lobster, walks in, sits down at the table, hands Jay Law the phone and says, do your interview. Wow. And so he did it, or was he only? Yeah, he, yeah. No, he was totally cool with the den, but you know, he just, uh, you know, he, he's definitely, people ask me all the time to get that kid on the show, and he's been asked a million times. He's just, you know. Yeah. Did you hear he, about his uh, performance this weekend? He pulled, no, tell he pulled an epic J-Law this weekend. I what love happened? the kid to death. Did you see his name in the, any of the results or anything? No. Okay. He was there. Okay. But he did not race. He decided, you know what? I just don't want I just don't want to race today and left. Yeah. Wow. And I don't think he's doing outdoors. That's just something I I, I don't think that that team is gonna I, I know Dang very well. Yes. And I, I know that they're having some issues and they're trying to pull it together and I feel really, really bad for Chris McElvoy because that guy is uh underpaid and overworked um he works his ass off and uh he doesn't get what he deserves um from the team or from his you know his people but Mm -hmm. um jason needs to uh pull it together i mean i love the kid i love him as a person I, I think he. I think I really think that he's a good guy and a good kid. I just think that he needs to uh, surround himself with some better people, and not Dang because Dang, Dang isn't the one. Well, Dang, one of the ones. Dang, if people don't know, is Chris McElvoy. I'm not talking about two different people, right? Because the only reason why his name is Dang is because every other word out of his mouth is Dang. So that got his nickname. But he does everything he can. But at the end of the day. Jason Lawrence is his boss, and that's what he gets his paychecks for. So if right. he says, "Hey, we're going to go do this," and Lawrence goes, "No, f it, I'm done with you," it's that's that's just the way it is. Yeah. Kenny, people realize you know this is a business, and and, and you know just you've on uh, the interview on our show, you basically just kind of put a microscope on 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 just what it takes at that level of a team to get riders and, and sponsorships and dealing with Japan and things like that. How could you? represent your sponsors. If you were that team manager, how could you go to your sponsors and ask for another penny? I mean, at the end of the day, it's results. Exactly. Yeah, Kenny's in a unique position for sure because he's been there as the the rebel, I don't give a shit, private team mechanic, rider combo, but now as a, on the other side, you see it a little different. Well, Kenny's already known. Yeah, you know, it it works out good for me because 
I've been around the industry for a, a long enough time where I've been pretty much in every uh, position that you can from being a mechanic to being a team man, a manager to, uh, you know, work for a goggle company that I helped start, um, you know, at Utopia Optics. So I, when I was at Utopia, I was at the other end where these team managers were calling me, trying to sell their, you know, program to me, saying, hey, we need this much money, and this is the riders that we have, trying yeah. to sell it to me. And these guys, some of these guys were so green, they didn't know who I was, and they're talking to me like I was just some nine ball, and I'm like, dude, are you joking? Come right. on, I've been there. You know, I've been there, and I have issues now with with some of my guys in the past with mechanics that are bitching about me that, hey, I had a three-hour layover. You know, I didn't get home until 4 o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> Dude, you're going to talk to me about getting home at 3 o'clock on Sunday? Dude, when I was a mechanic, I was on the road for six months. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had to drive. I had to wash guys' gear. I had to do this. I had to do that. And you know what? I made $300 a week. You know, you make big money. You fly. You're at home four days a week. Don't talk to me about that. You know, but, you're making but a lot Kenny, of money. But, Kenny, at this level, how long can you sustain that, that, that house of cards that, that, that is J-Law Racing? How, I mean, this has got to be it. Uh, you, I, I, I think under his own tent, maybe, and I think it might be better that if he needs to go somewhere else and get, uh, you know, maybe he has to hit rock bottom and he has to have nothing, and then he has to either put his head back in the game and uh-huh. put his head down and go race or go do what he's going to do. Whatever he's going to do. Someone in the chat room asked if you would hire him. For what? What's their, what's their credentials? Are they a mechanic or right. a... No, if you would hire Jason Lawrence. I would hire Jason Lawrence. Okay. I would hire Jason Lawrence. Just because I know Hart is a, is a big fan of Jason Lawrence, and Hart likes the underdog. And I think that it, was, it would be he, under a lot of uh, circumstances. Kerry would have to... He would take him under his wing pretty much and, and set guidelines and saying, you know, with, you know, testing, drug testing and, yeah. you know, training program and this and that. And if he did not uh, follow these guidelines, he would be released. What uh, didn't work well with Hanson. So you don't think Hart's scared? Like it, no, like not it, at no, all. Yeah, I mean, Hart and Hanson, the whole deal with, with Kerry and, and Josh, it was, you know, like, you know, if you listen to the show, you know, it was all it was Josh's deal. Yeah. You know, Josh was but he doing, wasn't he wasn't performing. He wasn't yeah. performing, but he was doing everything that we asked of him. He right. wasn't not training. He was not riding. He was doing everything we asked him. His head wasn't in the game, and yeah. it goes back to what Grant. I mean, what Langston was just saying. I mean, he lost two of his closest friends to motorcycle accidents in six months. Uh-huh. You know, he lost a relationship. He was in a long t- with his girl. He was getting audited by the IRS. He had a lot of, a lot of problems um, away from motorcycles. Like Jason, kind of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. and, and Josh needed to take a step back, hit rock bottom, reevaluate himself, and then put his head back down and go, this is all I know and this is all I got in life. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. 17 years old no more, and now I have to go to work. Right. And if this is what I do or it's not what I do, you walk away from it. Hey, if anybody out there wants to uh, call in and ask David Iser or one of us a question, Matt Bonney, uh, uh, ask him about knee surgery or something, 702-586-7857, 702-586-PULP. Uh, give us a call, and uh, we got David Iser, one of the uh, godfathers, well, the godfather of motocross shows, let's say. Um, Iser, when you started DMXS, do you have any idea it would get to the popularity is that now? Well, Joey Casey and Kevin Kelly uh, started the, the radio show. Oh, I thought um, you were in on that. About, My bad. And, yeah, but about a year and a half later, I, I, I became involved. And uh, to, to be honest with you, when they started out, it, it literally was just sitting around, bench racing. Um, that's, that was, um, you know... Wasn't the powerhouse it is now? Is that my phone or your phone? No, that's our phone. We're getting calls. We're getting, switch, we're, switchboards. We just lit up the boards. Up. Yeah. All right. You want to take a uh, call, or you want? To... No, absolutely. Go ahead. 
Good. Let's take a call. Well, should we finish his story, or is it kind of rude? That's rude. Oh, go ahead. That's, that's, rude. that's what we do. They do the same shit. Yeah, they do. You're right. They do do the same. <laughs> Let's do it to him. Off all the time. Pulp MX uh, show. You're on the air. Who's this? Has been. It has been. <laughs> has been. Uh, Watson is calling it now. He's just some sort of clairvoyant. Uh, you got a question for David Iser? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Dave, how much collateral would you need to uh, post a bond for Watson there? How much collateral? That's a good question because collateral is a, is a big part of the bonding business. And now that I know where he is every single weekend, yeah. I, I could do his bond for no collateral because it'd you know be what? an easy pickup. You know All I got to do is hit the supercross super schedule. Good point. And I hung up on Hasbin. I can't handle his hey, phone. Hey, dude, you know what? I got a good, I got a, hey, I got a good one for you on that. Um, when I was working with Evans over there, um, we, we were riding for this company called Bloodshot, and uh, I was at the shop one day, and, and this dude was coming by, and he walks in, and he asked me if I wanted to buy some speakers, some yeah. car speakers, and he said, um, and matter of the, their van, this guy was a repo guy at the time, and I didn't know. So I'm like, oh, yeah, what do you got? You know, I'm so green in this shit. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I like to listen to everybody. So one of the guys comes, comes out, that the owner of uh, Bloodshot, and he goes, dude, that guy – that guy's a that guy's not up and on the up and up. He's something shady about that guy. He, no one's going to come in and say, "Hey, I got some bitching speakers for a Chevy van." That's what he was trying to yeah, you yeah. Know, pick up. And we had the West Coast Custom van, and the guy goes, "Well, where's your van?" I go, "Right out of here." And he he was trying to re, he was going to repo the van, but that it wasn't the right van. And then the guy came back and he said who he was, and it it wasn't pretty after that. But it was it was pretty funny the way that guy came up. But that's okay. that's my story about that. Yeah, that's Sorry, good. Pop show, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Gary again. Hey, Gary. Hey, thanks for Gary. thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah. uh, one of our yeah, I know. It's the has been rule, dude. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, hey, listen, I got a question for Iser. Four what? laps, four laps, four lap moto. You and Kevin Kelly, who wins? Oh my God, that's easy. That would be me by by two laps because Kevin refuses to to jump anything. I'm the, I'm the guy at the track that will go out there on on two laps. I, I mean, I'm tr- I'm trying to jump everything. Um, I'll probably end up crashing and breaking a bone before the end of the day. But I but at least my bike will jump, and uh, and Kevin's uh, Kevin's will not. <laughs> so Kevin, we actually did a a a brand. Grand Prix up in Alabama one time, and uh, so we had the whole DMXS crew out there. But but Kevin's a, he's a he's a dirt ba- dirt bike uh, promoter and a track owner. But he, uh, you know, his brothers were real fast. But Kevin uh, was literally a D D class rider. Who's faster, Wygant or Kevin Kelly? I think Weege. I think Weege has has uh, has Kevin covered. Yeah. Okay. So what? Because I've seen Weege ride. It's yeah. Weege Weege goes all right. For, uh-huh. for who would you think's faster, Kevin Kelly or Steve Mathis? I've, I've never seen, seen Steve ride. I have. Oh no, I did in a in a in a, uh, in a uh, video when you were racing uh, Blair Morgan. So I uh, have yes, seen you ride. Yes, there we go. Nineteen eighty-eight. I laid uh, a smackdown on Blair Morgan. He's still trying to recover from that <laughs> mentally. It was. I, so I have seen you ride, and I I have no doubt that that uh, even today you, you could probably beat me. Oh, uh, th- thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. We got a few moments left with David Iser. Um, Iser, what's your what's your take on the uh, on the nationals? What uh, we're, we lost RV, you know, Chad has not been on it that much. What uh-huh. uh, Purcell looks like a heavy favorite in the uh, 250 class, but what's your take on it? You know what? I I I think I'm still mourning the Supercross class, and I think that, like Grant said, without these injuries going into into Vegas, we we were set up for just a without without RC 
Bubba and Reed, and I mean, without those top guys, we were still going to have the race to the for the championship coming down to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Even, even you know, if it was fifteen point difference, just something to to bring that. And I've been so upset about that about that crash and that took out um, you know Ivan and and RV. Um, you know, so I mean, I'm still kind of mourning that. I, I do believe that Porcel is, is definitely going to be the one in the lights class to do it. I, I do think that that uh, Barsh is going to step up. I know that I get a bunch of shit for, for oh, being on that kid's bandwagon, but yeah. but uh, he's got a he's got a season under his belt. Um, I think the lights class is going to be you know is, is going to be it's going to be fun to watch. It's, it's probably going to be I don't know six six or so different uh, you know moto winners. I don't know about overalls, but I think yeah. the, a lot of these kids are going to be able to to run the speed. I yeah. Uh... I like Michael Essie's chances a little better. Hey, speaking of Michael Essie, okay, I got I got a little update on Michael Essie here. All right, let's hear. Want to hear it? Okay. Uh, no, we weekend. don't want to hear it, Watson. Just this tell weekend, us. I'm in the tower during practice. Yep. And I'm standing next to Double D. That's Dan Bentley from Honda, and he gives me a little nudge, and he goes, "Check this out." And I look at his phone, and he gets a text from someone at REM. I guess the first moto, Mike won by. 10 seconds, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. there was a lot of guys out there. Searle was out there. The, the uh, uh, what's the South African? Sipes Mitch? was out there, I think. Yeah, Sipes was there. The Rattray. South, Rattray. Rattray. There's a bunch of guys out yeah. there. Leslie kills him first moto. Second moto, um, his bike started to go away towards the end of the first moto. He said it was cutting out a little bit. They worked on it. Um, second moto, he goes out. He gets the whole shot. He makes it about two laps, and his bike quits. Okay? Leans it against a hay bale. Little upset, walks back to the tr- to mm-hmm. the to his motorhome, leaves the bike out there. Um, I heard from some people that Tony kind of got a little upset. Um, so I asked Jeff. Jeff was on my flight coming home on Sunday yesterday, and I said, "Hey, I heard your dad might have had a little meltdown. What's going on?" <laughs> blah blah blah. It, he goes, "Oh, I do nothing about it. I'm at home about eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock in the afternoon. I get a phone call from Tony Alessi. Yeah, going. Who told you that? Who told Uh-oh. you that I had a meltdown? I didn't have a meltdown. I went right back to my truck." And I believe Tony. Tony said, I know that the... I I spoke to Tony today. A lot of people are watching me, and I did not do that, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, it was... That's why I asked Jeffrey, what happened? And I'm not saying you had a meltdown. I just asked what happened. And then he went into telling me some stuff about their program, (laughs) about they don't have any parts, you know, this and that, about how when he was in Europe, how Caroli had seven motorcycles, and he had a practice bike mechanic... He had a race bike mechanic. He had a guy that cleaned parts and this and that. And how he has one motorcycle right now that he races on, he practices on, and he tests on. Um, he said in the last five times out testing and practicing that they haven't made it through a day without the bike breaking. Um, not too wow. happy. Not too happy right now. Right. But, you know, I know he's contracted. and He told me he was sending an email over to... Uh, Pit Buyer. No, the other one. Everts? Stefan Everts. The other one. <laughs> and the other one. The other one. one. Champion. That, that, the small other time Everts yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Number ten, is that what he is? Ten? Ten time? Okay. Anyway. And he, he hit he was gonna and try to figure it out. But I know those guys' hands are are cuffed right now and yeah. it's really not fair to what they're trying to do. Um, I know that the LSEs work really, really, really hard, and they want to win championships, and they're there to win championships. They don't care. Like Floyd Mayweather says, I'm not in this for the money. I'm not in for it for the glory. I'm in the check-cashing business, um, and I think that's what the LSEs are in. I spoke to a KTM guy about that at Seattle, and they did admit that they don't have parts. Yes, and, they don't. And they, they know it, and I spoke to Tony today, but uh, he made me swear to uh, not report on what we spoke about. 
But uh, huh? it's interesting. Let's just leave it at that. He, you uh, guys are BFFs, dude. That's uh, awesome. Dude, I can't believe he called me. Seriously, I can't I, I, You know what? The crazy thing is I talked to him, and he did not say that. And I'm not I'm not bashing Tony Alessi. I'm trying, right. to, no, no, I'm no, trying no. to get on on his side of the fence and saying, hey, you know what? These right. guys are doing the best they can with what they have. And, hey, everyone knows Michael Alessi is definitely fast. He's, you know, he's definitely one of the guys going into it that can win the championship. Yeah. But what, what's counterintuitive, yes, big word, uh, to KTM <laughs> is why would they set him up to fail? Why would they set him up to publicly have his bike break down? Why, where, are the, where are the parts? Well, I mean, it's a brand-new bike. You know, it's yeah. a brand-new bike. It's saying, not even, but, I don't even know how they're going to get it homologated. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But on KTM's defense, I've heard nothing but good things about their new motorcycle. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's supposed to be really really good. Mm-hmm. What I've heard from inside sources, there's some been some guys that have rode it, that are contracted right now on other brands that have rode it, and I'm talking winners, champions that have ridden sure. that bike and they love it they like and it. they want to. There might be some big things happening next year with KTM. Uh, they've come out and said publicly they're going to try to make big things happen. I mean, I talked to some guys and they say that they're going to have two 450 guys next year, mm-hmm. um, and they want to do. Uh, two Supercross guys and then two Lights guys on the West Coast and, uh, you know, go for it. So uh, I, I would love to see that happen for KTM, um, you know, just because I think well, it's another brand and uh, the way the economy is, let's, let's, let's get it going. As the guy that, you know, brought KTM its first ever American national win, Mount Morris 2000, myself, with Kelly, Kelly Smith, uh, I'm, I'm, I'd happy to be see the brand reemerge to where I helped it bring it up to. You know? I, I would have to agree. Bonnie, did you know that, Mount Morris 2000? I didn't. Yeah. It was a mutter, but I'll still give it to you. You don't boast about that one very much. I don't boast too much about that one, but I can. I got that in my back pocket. I but I think the, the guy that was battling with you might have been Robbie Skaggs. Is that correct? No, no. Um, was he in there? No, not at all. Um, it wasn't like my, like my victory at Mount Morris when we were battling with the Stingray, Michael Ray Craig. <laughs> we were battling with uh, Travis Pastrana <laughs> and Nick Way. Ooh, that's one big Pastrana name. Pastrana DNF'd, but... Um, Nick Way. All right, so you, you're telling me that is, is Mike's bike going to be ready for the Nats? Is it going to yeah. be ready? Yeah, well, uh, they, uh, I, I can't answer three that. weeks. I hope so. <laughs> Watson, uh, Watson doesn't have a whole lot of uh, thought about Hangtown right now. He's not really working at Hangtown. I, first of all, I, I understand. I understand. First of all, and I will go out. I'm not even going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say it straight out. I hate effing Hangtown. I hate the people that run it. The people are idiots. The dirt diggers can go dig a hole and bury themselves because those guys are idiots. They treat people like shit. A couple of my friends have been arrested there, and they're in their gear because they tried to. Get, they had to park outside the fence, outside the pits, uh-huh. on a Saturday when they had qualifying, and they wouldn't let him in. One of my friends bumped the gate. Guy said he ran him over. Me personally had an issue where I parked my car, left my cell phone on the charger, locked my car. I'm in the tower. They say, Kenny Watson, come to the tower. I go in there, and this guy has my phone. <laughs> and he went in my car and told my car was parked illegally, and I'm in the, right, in the parking lot where I should park. And the guy broke into my car and stole my phone. And I was Holy heated. Shit. Yeah, I was heated. <laughs> and then I started to get a little pissed off and violent, and I wanted to fight the guy. I kept calling him out, and I said, what you did is illegal. I could have you arrested for breaking and entering. And the guy goes, you know what I do for a living? I'm a cop. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> yeah, that happened. So from that day on, I hate going to Sacramento. I hate it. Okay. I hate it. And I will not go nowhere <laughs> with him. <laughs> Damon Bradshaw was the best ever. Yes. On Mathis's podcast, they asked about Sacramento, and he said the the, 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 the the dirt digger. The best thing they could do to that track was hang a sign on the gate saying closed. 
Yes, that was a classic. Uh, let, wait, we got a call. Let's. Uh, well, this guy's been on hold for a little bit, but. Paul, my next show. Paul, my next show. You're on the air. Is this a dirt digger? This is Roger Smith from Portland. Hey, Roger. Hey, Roger. What's up, buddy? Thanks for calling. We're big in the Pacific Northwest. We own it. Uh, hey, thanks for calling. You got a question for Iser? Uh, I just I, I wanted to touch on, I'm a big fan of KTM, and I wanted to see okay. if you guys have heard any rumors about whether or not the 450 is going to be linkage next year or not. 2011, all the motocross, supercross bikes will be linkaged. Sweet. That That's is awesome. uh, That is a fact, and uh, I think, I don't know about the off-road stuff, but. Yeah. So you got if you own a KTM, you have to buy a little bit more grease to grease it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not this. It's not the scary. Hey, one, one of my favorite quotes from BMXS from Tony Lassie, he actually said, "KTM should just put linkage on their bike, even if it's not functional, just because people want to see linkage on their bikes." That's a good well, point. That, 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 that was that was back at that was uh, Mike's first run with with KTM. Then he, then he left them, yeah. and uh, he was on Suzuki, and he had said that about KTM. He goes, "KTM they should just put like some fake linkage on there, just so people think KTM so has work. linkage." What, what was that, Roger? You were saying something. And I think, unless I ride off-road, so not having linkage is not a big issue for me, but mm-hmm. they get bashed so much for not having linkage and not handling well enough. And I would think that at a factory level, you could make that bike handle as well as any other bike. I uh, I firmly believe the bikes, the KTMs, no links, suffer in stadium whoops. Um, I've seen it. I've seen riders hang on for their lives many times. I was there. Uh, trying to make them work as well. But take away Supercross Whoops, which 95% of us never ride, and I think uh, they work fine. They're no problems. Michael Lessie has won motos. Um, you know, Kelly Smith won a moto. They've proved that the bike can work without a link. Yeah. But right. I think that there's a lot of situations to where it needs it, and it needs it to be better. Right. Well, Michael Lessie couldn't ride the Whoops on a Suzuki. That's a good point. You're right. I'm talking about other guys, though, like Ramsey and Hanny. And, and, I mean, everybody I've seen, but you, you're right about that. Uh, if you guys remember, Josh Hansen tied for the East Coast Championship yes. against Grant Langston. Langston, sure on, did. On a KTM. Yeah. And won races. Yeah. So that bike is definitely, definitely, definitely capable of winning. I think the track has to be, you know, fit the bike, and mm-hmm. the rider has to be on. And um, But if you remember when Grant Langston rode the 250, um, two stroke back in the Damn day. Damn near killed him. Damn near killed him. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can remember that. I can remember that like it was yesterday. He yeah. flew over that berm onto well, the asphalt. Onto the concrete. Yes, sir. Onto the concrete. And then, of course, there's the MC experiment that yeah. I saw him crash in practice in Holland. Oh yeah, in Holland. More, yeah, yeah. I remember that. You weren't there. I know, but I remember <laughs> it. <laughs> Didn't Pingree's KTM break in half? Yes, yes sir. Took it away in a in a loader. <laughs> they. Uh, They've had they have a, a, a history. I mean, they, they you know they they've had some pot shots, but they've they've definitely uh, you know they when 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 uh, Jamie McGrath can't make it work on, on Supercross track, you basically set yourself up to be bashed. Yeah, yeah that's a sure. good point. Hey, Roger, thanks for calling, man. Hey, someone on the message. Hey, I got reports. one more question for oh, you. Okay, all right. Shoot. Why? How come the KTM can be so dominant outdoors in in Europe and then not do very well over here? Is it you think it's just the riders? I think it's right. the track conditions. Tracks for yeah. sure. The the GP series is a lot more fast, and it's more open to where the bike doesn't need to be as technical. To where, like, you know, Mathis was saying that the KTM mainly suffered in the whoops and in the tight stuff, and uh-huh. over there it's not so technical, and it's more of holding on, and the bike's been proven over there. And, and, and you're right. You're exactly right. And also their budget to hire the riders is massive, and they hire the best riders. Which yeah, like for. I said, too. I mean, those teams in Europe, they have the personnel for – 
one guy, one writer has about five guys that work for him. They have, you know, they have a, a motor guy for one guy. They have a chassis guy for one guy. They have a practice bike for one guy. They have a race mechanic for one guy. You know, and, and it, it just goes on and on. And I think that they, you know, they, they line it up more in Europe because that's where, they, that's where they're from. Just like if you want to say, you know, you know, why are the bikes so much better in Japan than they are in America? You know, same thing. That's where the manufacturers are, and that's where they do their business. Which begs the question, why in the hell does everybody still come to America to race then? Why, does, why do you live in America? Because it's the best country in the world. You're damn right, Kenny American Watson. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Let's get her done. America. It's like people ask me, you've been all over the world. What's the best country? I said, I'm sitting in it right now. Why do you think damn people right. kiss the ground when they get back here? You don't see no one kissing the ground when they go to France. All right, then. Or Canada. Might want to pump the brakes a little bit on that one. The, uh... Yeah, I, think, no, I, I don't just, pump the brakes I'm from hey, Roger, is great. Roger, thank you for, uh, for listening, man. Thank you for calling. Hey, Xavier, it. I didn't mean nothing bad about France. Um, I was just talking out of my ass as usual. All right, you guys can leave now. Get out. Canada. No problem. Let's go, Matt. Um, like, you know, Jake Weimer what's won the title. What about him? He's not from Canada. Yeah, guess where he, guess where he was groomed? Talking to the mic, Kenny. He Idaho? Was, he was groomed in Canada. He raced the Rough and Tumble Canadian Series. I love how you claim him. I love it. I try, I try, to, cha- I try to claim Jake Canada, too. I'm working on that. He branches <laughs> out so far, just reaching for anything. I've been to Canada twice, clap, so I considering... You've got to do something. Uh, Watson had a good Dusty Clat little uh, uh, story. We need to film that. You could do it like, yeah. I don't even know Dusty Clap, but... No, I know, but it was funny. I would have said the same thing about JSR back in the day. JSR was bad, dude. Yeah, JSR was bad. I got a great story about JSR and Fournette when we get to that one. Okay, yeah. That we, was a good one. We, we, we can get to that one. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to the show, Isaac, but I got this Kenny's Corner segment where I All randomly right. throw out three names at Kenny, and uh, he comes to you with golden stories every time. doesn't matter who okay. it is. I can throw out anybody's name. It doesn't matter. Uh, he's, he's got him. He's, he's, a, he's an encyclopedia. Yeah. Well, hey, Isaac, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, I appreciate it. You know, when we got this show going, uh, myself and uh, the departed Paul Lindsay, who, uh, who I spoke to this weekend, and he didn't punch me, so I guess we're all good. Um, good. Uh, when I started this show, I called you up and, uh, you know, talked to you about it and made sure you were cool with it, and uh, I wanted your advice and, you know, all that, and I appreciate it, man. You've helped out a lot. And uh, Yeah, keep, keep jamming with your podcast and the show. I love it, Kenny. You guys are, you guys are doing a great job. And, and on a side note with Paul Lindsay, known him for, for a decade, love the guy, things didn't work out or whatever, but uh, the format's working. You, know, you guys are doing a great job, and I've enjoyed them, and, uh, and just keep it up. Good luck. Good luck with the next nine years. Yeah, hey, what, what, uh, what race are we going to see you at? Uh, you got any ideas? I'll be in Vegas. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Be in Vegas. Cool. Yeah, you know what though? When I when I booked it, I'm thinking I'm going to see a you know like a, a, a I still have the uh, the track the signed track map down here uh-huh. from 2006 when it was you know the epic Las Vegas race. But yep. I was kind of hoping that we'd uh, we'd uh, you know we'd have another one of those this year. But you know we'll, we can't. Hey, I guess we can't be when, can't be uh, too too picky. When are you getting in? Saturday. Oh, I was going to say you could come and host the show on Friday night because Watson's out. Oh, where's, where's, oh, he's got his uh, autograph signs and stuff. Yeah. yeah, he said he was busy. But you could come down and we could host a show together and have a show and maybe try to convince a rider to come down. But yeah. uh, you're out Saturday. Is, is hey, uh, hey, Boner, I want you to get your knee fixed and then get your ass back up in the top ten where you belong. And I mean it. I'm definitely planning on just so I could have a DMXS interview. You know what? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, dude. You, you were the shit. I'm not saying that you aren't the shit, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, you've you got gobs and gobs of talent. And I know that, uh, that you and your dad, I mean, you guys worked a long time to get to where you are. So I know you got it in you, brother. 
Definitely. I appreciate it. And it was nice talking to you for once. Maybe I'll talk to you in Vegas in a passing by, but you know, my phone hasn't changed. I still have the same phone number, which I know you have. I've had wow. it since I was 12 years old. Wow. And I'd, I keep it on every night, hoping that I'll get the call. But, you know, I'll just keep waiting pulling my breath. Running me hard. He, he is. He is. And, and meanwhile, <clears throat> Watson, who uh, doesn't really even know about DMXS or even this show for that matter, uh, <laughs> gets on to be, to be a guest. Right, right. Because uh, I'm lucky Kenny shows up. I'm lucky he shows up here. I love how he says he doesn't have time to answer your, your 30 texts a day. He's got shit to do. I, it's not 30 texts a day. I'll tell you that right now. But <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot. Hey, thanks Iser, for having you on, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, Iser. Talk to you this weekend. All right. You're the man, Peace. Iser. Thanks, bud. Thanks, a thanks lot. guys. David Iser, DMXS fame, uh, on the show. Uh, good guy, uh, good show. And uh, uh, please listen. I think it's Wednesdays. Wednesdays? Um, what? Do your thing, bud. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, I, I, I thought that was some sort of secret code. Okay, for right now, we what we have is the uh, X-Brand Goggles tear-off segment. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny's uh, jumping the gun as usual, but uh, that's okay. So this is uh, brought to you by xbrand.com. EKSbrand.com. Go there right now. Uh, type in the code XCODE2010. Get 30% off an order. And uh, the goggles of Michael Leslie chooses to race. The goggles uh, Josh Strange, 4 for 5 in the Gene CCs, as well as Motor Concepts Yamaha team. So this is where I ask Kenny, simply ask him three questions. He has 15 seconds to answer, and, uh, and then we go from there. So let me uh, get everything t- torn up here and uh, set up. Kenny, are you ready? Shoot. <laughs> I love how you take less than 15 seconds. Uh, which tr- We covered this already. My bad. Which, which track was worse for the riders and why, Seattle or Salt Lake City? Uh, I would have to say... Salt Lake because it took down my main man Matt Bonney mm-hmm. in practice, and we didn't get to see him ride to his potential that night, or ride at all. All right. Uh, next question on the X Brand Goggle Tariff segment: Who wins the East West Two Fifty Shootout this weekend in Vegas? Josh Hansen. Just like that. Just like that. Okay. All right. Guys on a roll. Mark my words. I picked him too. The guy Mark hates my, my guts, right? As you Mark were saying, my words. But I picked Mark him too. Mark my words. Uh, all right. Uh, next, last question. Expert on goggle tear segment. Um, and this, you may not be totally up to speed on this. Let's ask Bonnie. Shit. Yeah. Go all ahead. right, Bonnie. Let's 15, step in. Fifteen seconds or less. How is Ben Townley going to do in motocross this season? Strong at the beginning, fade off towards the end. Wow. You guys really don't fool around at Hart and Huntington. Just the answers are just flowing. He, the guy obviously has uber talent, and mm-hmm. the guy's super talented, and he's shown his speed. Um, I think being off for so long, I think it's going to wear on him. I think being on the road and just not being in the groove is going to catch up with him towards the end of the series. Okay. And uh, he is very, very, very injury prone. He is. He is. I know. I talked to David Pinger this weekend in Troy Lee Designs, and he's uh, very, very excited for Ben Townley. I think, uh, of course he has to be. That's all, I know. That's, his la- that's, that's all he has to be excited about. I know. I just hope the little guy isn't, isn't going to be let down. Pingry, that is. Hey, if you want to give us a call, 702-586-7857. Uh, give us a call. Talk to Matt Bonney, Kenny Watson, or myself. Uh, whatever's on your mind tonight um, has been. If you call in, fix your phone. Otherwise, we're not going to answer. Um, don't forget to go to TREMX.com. Free shipping over $100. Home of the Racer's Edge. Uh, Kenny, longtime supporter of you. TRE. Yeah, like I've always said, these guys are uh, golden and uh, straight shooters. They say they're going to get it to you. It's there. And you know what? They'll, they'll, they should beat anybody's prices out there. Helped out the Alessis for years. 
Yes, they've changed many, 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 many tires for the Alessis. <laughs> many. <laughs> and, I'm uh, saying many. And for this show, uh, TCX Boots, same boots as the Nick Way runs and uh, loves. 20% off if you use the code PULPTCX on the website. And that's all caps. <coughs> T-R-E-M-X.com. <coughs> Check them out and, uh, and see what you can get. Uh, Kenny, time for Kenny's Corner. What's the matter? Okay, okay. Um, what we're going to do now. <laughs> Kenny's changing the script on us. Very professional. Kenny, Kenny, why don't you uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the decision um, kind of last year, what went down with uh, with signing Matt, um, with getting into as little as you can, or you know, but what what happened? You needed a rider, Hanny quit, and uh, and you had your eye open. Did you look at other guys? What what attracted you to get Matt Bonnie? And I don't well, mean attraction in a uh, gay way. Okay, well, you know, me as a manager or whatever. I always try to keep my eye open on riders and watch guys. I, I never knew Matt personally. I knew he was, you know, I watched him do really, really well, win a race at Daytona or, you know, get on the podium at Daytona. Podium and, Toronto uh, Supercross. <coughs> yeah, he, he's been really, really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done good. Then I watched him come out, um, and the guy showed, like, a lot of speed, but it looked like he had a lot of bike problems. And, uh, you know, I was watching him for the first few rounds, and uh, he came up to me. He came into the he came into our truck and he was having some suspension issues and stuff like that. And he knows my suspension guy at the time. Um, uh, he didn't know Matt Matt Walsh from Independent Suspension. If you don't know about Independent Suspension, I suggest you do. And, you mean you and, didn't know Matt? You guys have just become fast friends that way. That uh, we've seen each other around for many years. The amateur tra- uh, okay. all the amateur races, and he's one of those guys that just he's great personality. You, you guys can are tight. see it. Yeah. BFF. Really. BFFL. Best friend. friends for life. Whoa. Okay. All right. That Watson was claiming uh, Tedesco was his BFF a few few weeks back. I guarantee, if you call Matt Wallace and ask him who his best friend is, he'll say Matt Bonnie. Okay. Unlike your guy. Unlike my guy, <laughs> Kenny Who. Yeah. Exactly. No, he didn't say Kenny Who. But so to make a long story short, yeah, Matt came I'm in sorry. and talked to you know Matt Wallace about some settings, mm-hmm. saying he was having some issues. Um, Matt, you know, said he would help him out. Asked me if I cared, and I said no, I don't care. You know, so um, after that, Matt came back into my truck, handed me his card and just said, hey, you know, um, I'm just going to let you know right now after Indianapolis, that is my last race on this team. I'm probably going to be riding for myself or Wonder Warthog. If anything opens up on your team, I just want to let you know I'm available. And that was as far as it went. You still have Hanny then? Uh, He did that in San Diego. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, And Hanson rode for us at San Diego. On a podium, he said he was riding like a, what did he say? A girl? No, I think he made a sissy. Piece of shit. Was that it? Derogatory. Yeah. Okay. So to make a long story short, after the race um, that week um, leading up to Indy, um, Josh um, decided he didn't want to race anymore. Mm -hmm. So Carrie's like, okay, let's look for another guy. And I said, well, you know, Matt Bonney came and talked to me. Mm -hmm. I have his card. Why don't you call him? So I called Matt. Um, We, uh, you know, he said he was down and he was going to bring his super agent in and, you know, talk to me, which who is his father, Dan Bonney, who mm-hmm. I've never had a dad or an agent um, represent an athlete or a writer like he did with Matt. The guy was, you know, I heard war stories about him from other people <clears throat> that they were this. Well, were, there's a lot of, I mean, let's face it, let's get it out. There's a lot of dads that, you know, are yeah, I, I, a, little, I, a little on the edge. I agree, but the yeah. thing about Dan Bonney over any other dad I've dealt with He's not there to try to tell you how to set the motorcycle up. <clears throat> He's not there to tell you anything but <clears throat> to tell you 
that his kid will give you 100%. And they're uh-huh. not, they're not, they're, what they say is what they do. And that's all I could ask for. And he came into me not knowing me, not knowing our program, mm-hmm. being, you know, a pretty much a corporate guy, no tattoos from the South, <laughs> just a straight shooter. And he wanted it as, you know, as he called it. And I wanted it as, as I seen it. Mm-hmm. And to make a long story short, um, we produced, we gave him what he wanted. I think they were happy. Um, Matt was, when he came onto the team, he was like in 16th in the points. He was something like 32 points out of, of, you know, being top privateer. We sat down that first race and said, Hey, let's set some goals. Mm -hmm. Where do you want to be? And Matt said, I want to be the top privateer and I want to finish in the top 10. And I was like, Whoa, well, we got some work to do. (laughs) Well, we tested, we put our heads down. Anything that Matt wanted, we tried to give to him Uh and, uh, you know, his results spoke for himself. Right. He, was, he was able to win the top privateer. And <clears throat> at that end of the year, we went to X Games. Um, we started negotiating for the following year. And uh, you got into it with your future rider, Chris Blose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah, did. I they know. did. It, it was, you know. Funny how that works. You know, Matt was on track to be, you know, a top 10 guy, even a top five guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys that he was beating regularly are, are top five this year. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, he had some injuries. Well, we tried to stick behind him, and he was struggling, and we suggested maybe take a, a race off and get your knee fixed, and let's come back and start over. And he, he said, hey, uh, I'm going to give you everything I have. I'm not going to use this as an excuse, and I'm going to go out and ride my hardest. And that's all I can ask. Yeah. And uh, he did that. His results aren't the best, but he's representing our team well. He makes the main event every week. And I know he leaves nothing on the track, and he's not a sissy. And I could say this. The reason why I gave him the nickname Bob Gnarly is he hit his chest so hard. He bruised his heart. Yeah. The, 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 the Asterix guys told me broken pelvis, a broken sternum, punctured lung. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, broken ribs. Yeah. And after he got this... After he crashed, he got back up, rode back to the mechanics area, sat there for a couple laps, and went out and rode a lap and rode back to the truck That's... and came back and was – I've never uh, seen someone in so much pain. When you told me that he went to the hospital with all these injuries, I'm like, but he kept riding. <laughs> and then I, I talked to him on the phone, you know, and I called him and he was at the hospital. Uh-huh. And he goes, you don't realize how gnarly I am. And then right there, it came to the thing where Bob Gnarly. Bob Gnarly. There's um, Matt Bonnie. Bob hey, Gnarly. Matt, I know, uh, like, like, like Kenny said, it's been a frustrating season for you. You've got a supercross track built. I understand you're, you're hanging out with Porcel a little bit. Has he been by, ridden at your places? And... Uh, we've actually rode together one, one or two times. That's about that's it. That's it, yeah. But, uh, you know. How far is he from you? Like, quarter mile down. Oh, that's it. Kind of down our old country road. Oh, uh, okay. But, uh, you know, just like, my, just like Kenny was saying, my dad is gnarly. And my dad, Bob Gnarly Sr. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's seen me growing up. He's seen me start from not knowing how to use a clutch and being 15th in Florida Gold Cup races and getting uh-huh. lapped to winning A-class races in Florida and then stepping it up. And uh, there's no better agent than my dad. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's been working his tail off for me, and I can't thank him enough. And, you know, this year's been really tough, and it's been the gnarliest year. Yeah. And I've had gnarly injuries. I'm riding through in Hart and Huntington and Kenny Carey. Those guys for sticking behind me is that really shows character in them. They could have given up on me, but you um, know, I told them when I signed with them halfway through last year, I was like, I will always give you guys 100%, and I take this as a real job. And you know, I've ridden through injuries and I've come back from bad crashes in the first turn and come back and pass guys. And you know, just like I said, I'm going to give you guys 100%, and I've never backed off, and they've never backed off of their program. Let me ask you this. As, as a rider whose you know, contract is up, uh, you've got a bad knee, you're going in for surgery, 
Are you a little stressed? I mean, you got, I mean, as a, you know, I'm just a tubby guy who writes for a living. I got paychecks coming in and, and people care what I think somehow. But as a rider, what's that like? I mean, it's got to be a little stressful, right? I mean, yeah, it's I, like you're saying, I bought my first house about six months ago now and I have a track built. And when I was 15, me and my dad sat down and goes, you know, he pretty much told me, he goes, if you want to race serious, then we're going to hire a mechanic. You're going to get homeschooled and we're going to do it right. If you don't want to race, then I'll buy you one bike. You can go out and race night races and have fun with right. it. And we took a big step. I got homeschooled, bought a mechanic, and that's when I went and started titles. And we did the same thing. He sat down with me beginning of last, at the end of last year and said, mm-hmm. do you want to do this a profession? Do you want to truly be a top five guy and be serious about mm-hmm. it? I said, absolutely. You know, I went out and got my house. And I took my training and everything to the next step. And mm-hmm. it was just one of those things. I closed my house, and a week later, I blew out my knee. Oh, man. So, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm really stressed out about the – just economy and how it's affecting our industry and yeah. having a ride. I think almost every rider's up for a contract yeah. this year. Yeah. Which is, I don't think that's ever been Dungy, in this industry. Like Dungy and like Dean Wilson and. Um, of course, you know the Metcalf, update on I Dean think Wilson. Metcalf signed. Tedesco, a, Metcalf, Weimer. No, Tedesco, I think Metcalf's not up. I think he's signed. Who's he signed with? With Geico. He, no, he's got another year. But Guy, uh, Weimer does? Weimer. No, Metcalf. What about uh, Weimer? Well, no, I'm saying guys that aren't. Up. Aren't signed. Yeah, it's easier to list those guys. Dungy, yeah. Metcalf, Dean Wilson. Oh. Uh, Rattray? Yeah, that's about it. No, Rattray's up. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Will Hahn rides for Mitch Payton next year? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I've never really thought about it. I, I will tell you this. Pingree, they've made uh, both Hahn and Seeley offers for next year. Seeley is going to probably sign, and Pingu is like, I don't think Will's going to sign his. Either. So either wants, and he told me what kind of dollars it was. Big, pretty good, I think, for this economy and for a lights guy. Um, and I, and I don't think Will's going to sign it. So I he think should. I think next year, without a doubt, Will has title contention. Oh, look at all the guys moving out. Ryan Morris and Will are going to be two of the guys that are going to definitely absolutely. And Marias has struggled with injuries this year, and I think next year it's always he, struggle a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think if he can come in fresh and healthy, I think that'd be a really good title race next year. It'd be. Marias and uh, Han on the West Coast. I think that'd be a good title. Um, we got a guy guy on hold. You want to take it? Yeah, absolutely. Bring him on. I'm running the show now. Wow. Hey, Papa Mech Show. You're on the air. Who's this? This is Ed. What's up? Hey, Ed. Thanks for calling Ed in. From jo- yeah, Ed from Georgia. What's up, K Dub? Yeah, Eddie Spaghetti. Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the call last week. I appreciate it. The uh, you, you gave us a little bit of the outlook into your previous jobs in the industry and. Kenny played me the most hilarious voicemail message from you after a surgery. Uh, I, I'm going to work on trying to get that into an audio file, Ed, and we're going to put it on the show. Right on, right on, right on. What's going on? Oh, you know, we got Matt Bondi in studio. We had uh, Grant Langston on. We had um, David Iser from DMXS. Yeah, I heard uh, GL killing it outdoors. Practice. I hear the same rumors. I knew I was going to be on the show this weekend. Uh-huh. And I tried to get caught up on my gossip. Okay. I, I needed and? to have something to talk about. And I hear that Grant Langston is in title contention speed right now. Wow. I wow. hear that he is yeah, going extremely fast. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing too. Hey, Eddie, uh, what, what, what do you, what's your, uh, your feedback on what happened to Lawrence this weekend? Oh, man. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I heard he's just over it. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> You tell me. I, I don't know. I don't know. Over it. Over it. Yeah. 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 
What do you, what are the odds Jason Lawrence does the outdoors? Fifty? Thirty percent? Do what? What do you think? You think Jason Lawrence think you think Jason Lawrence is gonna ride the outdoors? I would hope so. I mean Kenny? you know. He he's uh he's let the kid that he beat for the title uh go out and win a supercross title. He should be right there. I don't I don't know what's going on. What do you think's I mean, going clear, on, Eddie? Uh, you know what? I don't know, man. That kid is so... I cannot figure him out, man. I cannot figure that kid out. I try and try and try, and I'm just happy I'm not dealing with it no more, to be honest with you. Really? What was the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 bet, uh, I bet it was a little stressful at times. Uh, just got a text, too. Justin yeah. Brayton has a two-year deal. Mike Alessi has a two-year deal as well. So those guys See, are not so, up. So Josh Grant is up. Josh Grant's up, yes. Okay, that's another one. Villapoto is up. Yes, Chad Reed is up. Somewhat. Millsaps is up. Short is up. Uh, Hill. Wow. Hill is Hard. up. Stewart's up. Stewart's up. Who else? Uh, Bonnie's up. Boss is up. Bonnie's gonna. He's trying to climb out the window and jump off the roof right now. There's some good. <laughs> uh, Weimer, Canard, uh, moving up. Yep. Um, Tim Ferry's up. Uh, oh man, there's a lot of guys. Dude, that's crazy. It's going to be a crazy Ed, are you coming back to drive for anybody in motocross, supercross? Do what? Are you going to come back and drive for somebody in our sport? No, man. No, I had my I had my eight years. I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm stoked. Yeah, we're gonna Don't get a- me wrong. I, I love the sport, but I'm, I ain't working with, uh, with uh, spoiled kids anymore. I'm working with... <laughs> guys that know what's up well if, if bonnie makes it big i don't think he's going to be a spoiled spoiled kid i can see him well don't, nah, don't get me wrong i mean some of them are so prima donna man just i mean look at Wyndham. i loved it he goes out and wins again how sick is that Cause so the guy sick puts, puts, the, puts the work in you know yeah no you're absolutely right my I, guy my guy goes out and does his thing but he's at work every morning no matter what uh-huh you know who who would be your ideal rider to drive for if you could pick anybody? Kevin Windham? Um, yeah, Windham. Um, maybe some old guys, Mike Brown, Lammy. Stewart? Uh, no, I couldn't, I couldn't drive for Stewart. Why not? Uh, he gets hurt too much. I need a paycheck. What, I- happens, if, what happens if he gave you a... a- a no injury clause in your contract <laughs> that you would get paid. Oh, I'm, all, I'm all over it then. <laughs> okay. I think if you if you drive if you're working for Steve, I don't I don't know no I don't know my guy I think my guys make a little more change than Bubba so oh, I'm, I'm pretty I I'm pretty I, don't, happy I, don't, with, I would have to beg to differ on that I would beg to differ too. I would beg to differ that a backup running back in the NFL is going to make more money than the, yes. than than the, the the best motocross no, we, in the we, world. We talked about it today, you know. I think Bubba should be making more than what he's making, actually. What do you think he I makes, think he Ed? Needs... What do you think he makes a year? I, I, I have no clue, dude. I have no clue. Well, throw it out there. Uh, throw it out there, $10 million, Close. 15 Okay, so you're telling me that a running back, a running back in the NFL makes more than that a year? Yeah, Eddie. Come well, on. I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying my guy will be. My guy will do a four-year deal next year for hopefully about forty. So, okay, we'll do the math. If, and, he, if he makes ten million a year, I'm just throwing that out there, which he probably makes more for four years. Okay, well, how how much does Chad make? Chad That's makes, my Chad, point. I Chad, think Chad, Chad makes quite I think a bit Chad, too. 
They make quite a bit more than Bubba. With everything uh, no, no, not quite on. a bit more than Bubba, but in that ballpark. Okay. But I thought he but, but but you got to look at it like okay, that's the NFL, a backup running back in the NFL is making that much money. But what about there's three guys in our sport making that much money, not you know twenty eight backup running backs. Oh, I I agree, I agree. I mean, they get paid, you know. Well, all right. You got any but stories their, about their, it? Career, got... their careers are like motocross, you know, short lived unless you're like Wyndham, you know. All right, well, you ain't telling me shit today. You usually have good stuff to say, but I don't know what yeah, your deal is. What, are you hung over? I'm tired. I'm tired. I just got back from Panama City. So. Oh, oh, bring, bring, your sto- bring your stories next weekend. Yeah, bring something. Bring something <laughs> to the game if you call in, not just be this lump on the log, Eddie. This is bullshit. Uh, all right. I, all right. I'll come with something good next week. All, all right. Because right. I don't want to bust that mouth. If I hear yours, I'll bust that lip shut, boy. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be out there at the end of the month, so I'll be smacking your mouth. All right, boy. All right. See you, Eddie. All right. Wow, he was shitty this week. Yeah, he wasn't nearly as entertaining as he was yeah, last week, huh? He sucked this week. Everybody, he, you guys were really fired up on this guy. I had high expectations. Yeah, and... no, last week he delivered. Okay, I'll I'll listen next week. And uh, all right, we're, well, we're just wrapping up the show here. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Give us a call, and uh, if you want to talk to us, we're going to be on the air for a little bit longer. And uh, and I'm not what, quite sure what Watson's doing. If you, you can just write it down on here, Kenny, instead of doing these sign All right, yeah, language. let's just do the corner and uh, get going here. Come on. Uh, all right, let's take a call. All right, let's do it. Papa Mech Show, you're on the air. Who's this? This has been. It has been. What's up? Hey, I want to talk to Bob Marley. Let me, let me finish my thought from the beginning of the show. All right, Bob um, Marley. Hey, what do I work with Watson on a day-to-day situation? You must bust your balls to no end. Uh, he does. He does in the casual life. You know, we've we've become pretty good friends and we can separate work from, uh, you know, the 95 from the time afterwards. And he's a good guy. When he's on the clock, he's I, gnarly. I like how you tell me how, like, on Sundays, Watson doesn't leave his room. Doesn't. Just nothing. Day does off. not leave his room. Yep, day off. Bullshit, I did yesterday. <laughs> I was on the couch with you. Okay. We, did, we had some good couch conversations yesterday about okay. life. And then I went out last night, and Monday I really didn't leave the room. Okay, so but you admit that you you lock yourself in the room, Watson. I don't. Well, doesn't lock himself. Just he's a he's like a dragon. He's like a, a troll or something. Or yeah. like yeah, 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 yeah. Like if he hits the sunlight, he's gonna melt. <laughs> kind of like a self-imposed ankle bracelet. That's that's probably a good idea for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, uh, body, who's hotter, the girls in Florida or the girls in Vegas? Florida. I'm a Southern boy. Rebel flag bikinis, cowboy boots. That's Rebel what I'm flag about. bikinis. Uh, I hear you. So obviously, Kenny has to work this magic and hook you up yet, then. Shit, Bonnie does. When before Bonnie, when Bonnie was single, <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was uh, a little different story. He was beating him off, but he's always he's he's very very picky, and he he yeah. he they they throw themselves at the guy. But ever since he's had his beautiful lady that he has now, he is but. into it and in love and does his thing. And uh, is her name Matt Wallace? Or? No, no, okay. no. I put a, I put a wig on him on Tuesdays. <laughs> but it's it's crazy with with these two guys we have with Blose and Bonnie. The the chicks just flock. Miss Supercross, he Blose. Dude, Blose is back with Miss. I don't even He's know. Back. That. Miss Supercross 09 will be in the Hart Nineteen pits supporting her guy. Wait a minute, that is she Facebook is... official. Facebook confirmed. Wait a minute, they had guy. a rough little go of it. Yeah, well, yeah, they did, but she's back. She's back. The blows factor. I don't know if I would take her back after some what? of that. What? What'd you hear? Nothing. All right, gotta go. See you, husband. 
right, and with the sheriff's girl, you guys gotta have a uh, a Pootie Tang shootout. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, yeah, Hasbin. Thanks, bro. Um, Pootie Tang. What an awesome Kenny's 90s corner. reference. Uh, let me throw out two names, Kenny's Corner. Sir. Okay. Uh, the first name, uh, I don't even know his real name. I forget. Bundy. Nathan Ramsey's long John Mitchell? John. John Mitchell. Mitchell? John Mitchell. That was something else. Okay. John Mitchell. Bundy. John Mitchell. Give me your best. Okay, if you Nathan guys don't Ramsey's. know who John Mitchell is, right. he is the original mechanic for Nathan Ramsey. These guys are straight out of Tennessee. Saudi Daisy, Tennessee. That's where Nathan Ramsey's hometown. Uh-huh. First time ever seen John Mitchell. It was Tony Berluti, myself, Dean Gibson. We were at Mount Morris. Um, we drove from Sacramento. It was it was a Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right in there. Driving rainstorm. Those were the days where the mechanics, we framed the bikes. We painted the frames. We split the motors. We did all our stuff. We go to eat lunch, and we're coming out of our hotel, and we're turning left. And I look across the street, and it's dumping, raining. And I yeah. see this dude standing under a tree painting this Yamaha frame purple. <laughs> and I go to Dean. I go, look at this guy. And we're laughing. Yeah. I mean, it's we go eat lunch. We come back. I'm in my truck working, and I hear, excuse me, excuse me. And I look over, and this guy has purple paint all over him. <laughs> and he asked me if I have any emery cloth or Scotch Bright because his frame has water spots all over it. Imagine and he that. needs to resand it. Yeah, yeah. And then we start talking. He said, I'm a, I work for Nathan Ramsey. Didn't even know who Nathan Ramsey was. Right. He was a three digit first year rookie. This had to be 94. Right. And to make a long story short, um, we took him under our wing, kind of. We went to dinner. We hung out. And he's from the area where everyone's into NASCAR. Well, he tells us, I want to be a factory mechanic. That's my dream. Four years later, he's a factory mechanic, factory Suzuki. 97, we were privateer. Or 96, I worked for Scott Sheik. We were Suzuki support, and we used to get unlimited parts. I mean, anything, boxes of parts. Really? So, yeah. yeah. So Bundy would follow me when he worked for Nathan, and Nathan was number 47, I think, that year um, on a privateer Suzuki. Yep. Did really well. Make a long story short. Bundy was using, like, used, taking my used cables, used cases. Finally, I felt bad for him, and I said, here, here's the parts book. Here's an order sheet. Order what you need for the rest of the season. Nice. He comes back. I probably give him $3,000 worth of parts. The stuff, hand him the box. Everything's good. Rolls are, ter- rolls are changed the next year. He gets a factory ride. Mm-hmm. I'm triple I'm X, privateer. What, 97. 97, okay. no parts. Right. I go to Bundy, and I go, hey, can you help me out? I know Nathan got hurt. And I know you have an ex- this, this works carburetor and ignition that's awesome, and you have a spare one. Can you help me out? He goes, I got one at home. I got one at home, but I can't give it to you because I'll get in trouble. I said, what do you mean you're getting in trouble? Uh-huh. I just, I, what I did for you, he goes, oh, it's different. And I said, you cocksucker. You, you, you know, but that's my story for that cocksucker. Okay. I thought it would be a good story, Kenny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry yeah, to bring that you up. You pissed me off now. I don't even like the guy again. Okay. I thought that was going to be a good story. My bad. Uh, second guy, Kenny's Corner. Uh, and again, we haven't uh, cleared. You don't know these names. Okay. This isn't pre-planned. So these stories that you bust out, you never know. Okay. Uh, Bones Bacon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bones Bacon. Uh, well, a lot of people don't know about Bones, but back Bones has been with Pro Circuit forever. And uh, when, as soon as I started working, I mean, I, I I had every rider, every team I ever worked for, we were Pro Circuit up until. Um, Pretty much Hart and Huntington. Yeah. I mean, we were at Plano Honda. We were pro circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Moto Triple X, we were pro circuit. Um, Birdwell, when I worked for her, was pro circuit. Ray Chrome was pro circuit. Um, so I've known those guys since the early 90s. Right. And uh, Bones, 
there are a lot of people who used to make fun of Bones because if you didn't know about it, he would always wear the Reebok, a Reebok aerobics tennis shoes, the kind with the foam around the ankles, and they had like a Velcro strap that went oh, around your yeah, ankle. Yeah, yeah. And he would always wears that, wears that, and he always wears a hat. Yeah, always, always. wears a hat. Dude's he has the biggest donut on his head ever, worse than me. And uh, one time we were in Mammoth, and we went out, and Bones loves ACDC. And he'll dance to ACDC in the club and do his thing. Well, we were fishing one time up in Mammoth. And, uh, dude, it was me, loves Bones, ACDC, Mitch, really? a bunch of dudes, yeah. I'm going to ask him. And, dude, Bones fell in the, in, the, in the creek. He fell in the creek, and his hat fell off. Uh-huh. And I look over, and I was like, what's going on? Where did Bones go? And he's like, oh, what, what? Because he didn't. Have, he had his hat off, right. and he looked like a different dude. And uh, it's just crazy. A lot of there's there's Bones Bacon stories can go forever, but Bones is a. I don't know if a lot of people know Bones, but he's one of those guys that's been in the industry forever. That's just a super good dude. Yeah, he is. He is a good dude, and and, and a good suspension guy. I heard the testing days with him are long. Oh, long, like, long, long. But yeah, you know what? Don't don't take nothing away from independent suspension because you know what? I'm just well, that guy's badass too. That guy is badass. Yeah, no, he's badass. We're not taking anything away. Yeah, from don't him. take nothing away from okay, Matt. I just, wow. I will fight you. <laughs> I will yeah, fight we you. will both fight you. Negative about. I've Matt known Walsh, Matt. Independent suspension. I've known Matt a long time him. since Ty Birdwell days because Matt and Birdie, your buddies, and I. That's when I first met. Matt. I got a great he story about Matt Bird- Wallace. He I got worked a- for Matt for Birdwell the year before I did. Dude, I got a great story about Matt Wallace. Great story. Fun- gonna- one of the funniest stories ever of all time. You want to wait for next week? Or you want to tell? No, me? I want to say it now. Okay. Because maybe he's on the boards, or maybe someone's listening. He might listen because his BFF L. Okay, we're we're he worked for Ty Birdwell. I worked for Deegan. It was '97. We're in a hotel room, and um, the uh, they they Birdwell and Deegan had these two girls that they pulled from the track. They were going to go to they were going to go out with these chicks. And if you don't know Matt Wallace, he is a ladies' man. Loves the girls. Loves the women. And uh, he has he has more game than Michael Jordan. Wow. Okay. Matt Wallace was married for ten years. He's been separated for the last year, and he is on it. Really? Well, to make a long story. He's married. Ten oh, years. Oh wow. Actually nine. Okay, nine. Sorry. Well, anyways, <laughs> we're in this hotel room, and uh, Wallace is like, "Hey, I'm going with you guys. I'm going with you guys." Uh-huh. And they're like, "No, no, we only got two girls. Yeah. Come on." So he was all gung ho to go. Well, they go, "Hey, we're gonna go to Taco Bell. Do you want anything, Matt?" And Matt's all, "Yeah, I'm gonna take a shower." But I want two tacos, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, they went to Taco Bell. They came back. Matt was still in the shower. And Deegan's all, dude, I don't want him to go. I don't want him to go. And Birdwell's all, well, what are we going to do? And Deegan's like, hold on. So Deegan had, like, these Ambien sleeping pills. Uh-huh. And he went and he crumbled them up, like three of them, yeah. and put them in each taco. So we're talking six Ambien. <laughs> so Wallace gets out of the shower Fucking eats his tacos and he's sitting on the bed next to me. What when we're watching and those guys are getting ready and he's and he all, already knew that he had. Oh, it. Yeah, yeah, we all knew. we're watching him. Yeah. So we're watching him and I look over at him and he starts nodding out, nodding out, yeah. nodding out. Next thing I know, he is out like a trout. <laughs> out. Deegan and Birdwell are just laughing their asses off. Deegan comes over and pushes Matt off the bed and he falls on the ground in between the wall and the yeah, bed. Yeah. And that's where he stayed for about fourteen hours. <laughs> I think I heard that story before. That was a good one. Yeah. God, I should have been around in the 90s. Oh. That was awesome. Well, there's this one story we can't even probably tell. I wasn't involved in it, but there's a legendary Troy, Ohio story. I think Watson was involved in that one. Of course. With that girl. That wasn't Troy, Ohio. That I was wasn't? 
No, that okay. was uh, Southwick, Massachusetts. All right, my bad. That's Must a good... be a good oh, story if yeah. you say one girl and King goes, oh. oh Name's yeah, location, it's, a, it's a legendary daytime. story among mechanics and riders. And, yeah, and, you know. put it this way. It's one girl in multi-industry. Yes. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> industry, yeah. not even teams, not riders. No. No. There was people in this room, but I can't say their names. No. But it's... it's it, I know a good five or six of them for sure. Oh God, it yeah. was it was phenomenal, and I it's I, I can't even talk about it. It's just so funny. I can't even talk about it. Well, hey guys, uh, thanks for uh, coming on. Uh, hey. Well, not you, Watson. You're a guest, Bonnie. Thank you for, uh, for coming on the show. Definitely, I'm gonna do a shameless plug if that's all right. Of course. Twitter at Matt Boney, Facebook at Matt Boney. Uh, you know, I talk to all my fans, and I got some you do. You respond schools. on Twitter. I see that all the time. I do. Yeah, doing some motocross schools in Florida and anywhere anybody would like to travel me to. Uh-huh. While I'm off of my knee surgery, share the information, try to grow the sport some. Uh huh. And that's really it. Hey, I think you should maybe videotape your knee surgery and post it up on your website. I have the videos from all my knee surgeries so far. Which well, I've maybe had. that should be the tenth surgery that you post. You post how many all surgeries time. on your knee now? This will be four. On one or on both, like one. combined? One. Oh, really? Being young and dumb. I had, uh, to, I had to race Lake Whitney two months afterwards. Uh-huh. Caught up with it, and I don't think I've ever taken more than three months off for knee surgery. So I'm going to do this one right, wait five months, yeah. six months, and right. come, come back and reclaim the two, the top privateer 2011 yeah. if I have a ride. Tell you what, <laughs> you were on it last year. You were you were the man. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I could live up to my potential one year. <laughs> and... uh so stay tuned next week. We're going to have a show after Las Vegas Supercross. Most likely the guest will be Jim Hawley at, uh, at some point. Right, Watson? We'll have Hawley on. Yeah, I and think we're going to go for Hollywood uh, in the near future. Maybe next week, maybe not. Yeah. Um, we'll see. What about Hanson? No chance. No, this is what happened with Hanson, the guys on the message board. I called Josh at the beginning of the show, and his comment was, fuck Steve Mathis. I will not do the show. And I go, but it's my show too. And he said, well, fuck you too then. And he's my friend. But he didn't mean yeah. it like that. But no. he's yeah. just bitter. He'll be all right. He'll come around. Wow. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, we'll be we'll be all. Don't right. get all Mathis. No. I mean, don't we'll, get all upset. It's okay. The show will be go on without him. It's all right. It will. It's just like Feld. The show will go on without the riders. Oh, that's going to be an interesting subplot coming up. Well, hey, thank you for our sponsors. Uh, Tremx.com, X Brand Goggles, uh, JGR, JGRMX.com, Rockwell Watches. Uh, oh, those guys' watches are sick. Yeah. Only if you guys. I mean, I think we should do the show. And so you guys could see what's going on here because I had the sweetest Rockwell watch on ever. Hat. Yeah, hat. Hat. You stole- I don't have a watch on because my girl took my time. Please piece. try not to steal anything else when you leave tonight. I was like- thinking about taking one of these magazines. No, do not. I'm taking one magazine, and if you don't like it, we will wrestle on the way out. <laughs> Fine, you can take it. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, thank you for listening to the Pulp MX Show, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everyone. You know how to cut to the core of me, Baxter. <laughs> You're so wise, but like a miniature Buddha covered in hair.